still for me. If you can't physically, be still mentally. Relax. Allow your thoughts to slow down and take a moment to be here with me. No dwelling on what was nor what will be. Be here in this moment. Listen to your breath. Listen and connect. You will find in your stillness when you slow down and allow yourself a moment to see the fullness of you. You find yourself. Let's unpack some of the weight you've been carrying around. Take your right hand or left and place it in the center of your chest, spreading your fingers wide. Straighten your spine as much as possible, neck long, eyes closed if you can. I want you to imagine you're carrying about eight to ten bags up a steep hill. You're tired, worn, weary. You reach a landing and sit the bags down for a moment to catch your breath. I want you to inhale for me. And in this inhale, I want you to imagine something that you've had weighing on you deeply. Something inside of one of those bags. In your inhale, I want you to take whatever it is out of said bag and take a moment to face it. The anger. The pain. The hurt. The fear. The confusion. Whatever it may be. And on your exhale, I want you to lay it on the ground next to the bags. Let's practice together. Inhale deep with me. And exhale. Let's take something else out of the bag. Inhale deeply with me once more. And exhale. Open your mouth wide for me. The wider you open, the more powerful the release. Inhale deeply. wider. Exhale deep. Continue on if you'd like. But when you're ready, take a moment to look at all the things you're choosing to leave in your past in this moment. One by one, Pick up whatever bags you're deciding to take with you as you continue on this life path. And when you're ready, if you closed your eyes for this guided meditation, I ask that you open them now. Do not walk through this life with bags that weigh you down, misfits. Not when you have the option of making your walk lighter. It will not always be as easy as this exercise. However, this is a beautiful tool to keep 
with you. Now that our meditation is out of the way, it is time to start the show. I hope this has helped. So misfits, let's get healed. <laughs> Welcome to the healing space, a black and queer mental health podcast geared toward proving there's more than one way to heal. I am your host, Sensei Raven Ekundayo, and I am laughing already even before the show gets started. I'm, I'm hoping that you all enjoy the meditation at the beginning of the show. So I wanted to remind you all once again about the importance of the segment markers. I told myself I'm going to do this at the beginning of every show. Please remember that there are segment markers in the description of the episode. If for any reason there's an episode where you're like, good lord, this is two hours long. I just want to get to so-and-so and so. Go into this, the, uh, this just take your time, the description marker, <laughs> and you can see what time each of the segments start and stop. Uh, if you are on something like Spotify or Overcast, you can actually click on the actual time itself and it will take you directly to the segment that you would like. That's important to remember. Also, you guys can walk with us all over social media. That is wearetlm.com, where you will find the healing space. That is w-e-a-r-e-t-l-m.com to find the Healing Space podcast, as well as ths podcast on facebook and instagram and underscore ths podcast on twitter yeah and later on in the episode you're also going to hear uh about uh i'm okay starting that over again i'm not deleting shit i'm starting over again uh you know i told you guys at the beginning of the year that for each episode i was going to tackle a different form of um what some would say mental illness but tapping into mental health and so i decided that after me sharing with all of you about my journey through social anxiety i want to talk about different forms of social i mean different forms of anxiety excuse me so for this episode later on in the show i'm going to educate everyone on general anxiety disorder so just check for that later on in the episode probably after we tackle the theme which the theme for this episode is called Fuck tolerance. It is something that I've wanted to talk about for quite some time on the show. Uh, I've talked about it briefly on social media, but I've never really gone into it. So I said to myself, let's go ahead and talk about it. Let's see how people feel. So I would love for you guys to give me feedback after you listen to the episode. But I didn't want to do it by myself. I didn't want to just have an episode where I was talking to you guys, even though I greatly appreciate the feedback and the love that you all give to the episodes where I'm by myself. I said, I want to have a conversation about it. So I invited one of my dear friends to the space for us to have this conversation. So Misfits, he's been here before. Please welcome back Michael Ward. Hi there. Hey guys, I am back. <laughs> this is going to be such a journey for you because your voice is so damn deep. Thank you. you. I have to, I'm pushing it up right now because on the mic check, when I go like here and I speak to you in my quiet store, mm -hmm. you can barely hear it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm back, guys. Yeah. It's going to be hard to hear them. I mean, for them to hear you just now, too. <laughs> Especially because I'm going to have music playing. So they're going to be like, what is he talking about? What happened? But ooh, the voice, though. It's so silky. Yeah. <laughs> 
Thank you. I take all of that in. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so how have you been, though? How have you been? Oh, my God. I've been uh, really good. Really, really good um, since the last time. We can actually consider we, uh, this officially the check-in. So oh, this is so the check-in now. Let me check in, Miss Fitz. <laughs> let me check on in with you guys. So it's been um, a lot of great things that have been happening since the beginning of 2020. A new decade, um, new year. Um, started officially announced that I am the new host of Counter Narrative Projects. Congrats, congrats. You, thank you, thank you. Um, YouTube show, Revolutionary Health. So I stand alongside with and on the shoulders of some very great men that have been instrumental in keeping this show running. Uh, Dr. Mel Branch and Johnny Ray Cornegay, the third amazing men. So that's happening. I'm working on a, a short film project with Tony Bryce, a black trans woman here in Atlanta um, that is really going to be powerful with telling her story. And I've never um, heard a story like hers. And I'm interested in that. But overall, health is good. Mind is great. Back in therapy. Um, really, really taking those steps to take care of my mental health into a new decade. How have you been, Raven? <laughs> How's everything going in your in your world? Well, first, with this being a <laughs> mental health podcast, I just wanted to ask you, and you don't have to get into detail, of okay. course, but how is therapy for you right now? Um, it's, it's really good. I still have my challenges with scheduling. Like, that is the, um, that's the hardest part, I think, for me of, finding time because it's not about I don't have time it's about finding the time absolutely and then maximizing the 45 minutes that I that I get in there because sometimes it's just like this ain't enough um but she's um really giving me some good tips and good steps I've had some changes in my life with family and encouraging me and um, giving me tools to navigate boundaries with family absolutely and um, being expressive and telling my story and opening myself to be vulnerable to tell my story with uh, revolutionary health because it's a lot more personal yeah so um, it's it's really been it's really been good and I think the biggest takeaway that I always say about my therapy sessions is I have homework to do on yes, my own yes, yes. in the time that I don't get to see her so I still have to work on my mental health by myself good so, yes. So thank you. I appreciate you for asking that. Absolutely. That absolutely. Yeah. I, um, I'm good. I feel like I come back and talk to the misfits so often about what my journey looks like, you know, week after week, even if I'm not here for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I don't think there's really anything big to catch you guys up on who are listening. Uh, that is probably coming in good news. Uh, as far as the check-in and what's been going on with me since the episode... What was that? Lord, has there not been an episode since January? Well, yeah. <laughs> I think it's been about a month since I've had an episode. So in that time, it's been mostly just kind of watching out for myself, taking care of myself. Uh, the The more and more I've learned about my anxiety, um, the more I've kind of just worked on not pushing myself as hard, uh, especially at my job, you know. Um, learning proper boundaries when it comes to my kids and what it is that they need from me. Uh, listening to my supervisor when he's like, you know, you come first. Make sure yeah. you know to take, take that they can understand no and take that as an answer. As a complete sentence. Um, listen, there's a whole paragraph. <laughs> Let's be clear. <laughs> and especially because I work on a campus where I'm literally surrounded by therapists, you know. Uh, and I think I've ta I talked at the beginning of the year about my desire to go back to school and, you know, wanting to just take take it to the next level as far as this mental health work mm -hmm. so i'm still excited 
about that journey and what that's gonna look like for me. Other than that, I've just been chilling. I am someone where most people can tell you I'm I'm normally on the go, which contributes to why I don't care for talk on the phone. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Because I I just don't have time. But <laughs> I'm learning to enjoy just being still, mm. um, which is not easy. But I'm enjoy. Mm. I like for me, which I know people are probably gonna still sound sound crazy to people. Like I I enjoy that it'll be 11 a.m. and I'm like I'm still in bed. Wow. Mm-hmm. Cuz for me an a.m. still <laughs> you should be up doing something. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm letting myself I don't know if I can get to 12 just yet. I don't know if 12 p.m. still in bed is nah, something I can do just yet. You need to be out of bed. Listen, let's Unless be clear. You're on vacation or maybe something. Else. Right. And that even with vacation, I'm like, shouldn't I be out doing something right now? Maybe. It depends on that vacation. <laughs> like, shouldn't I be <laughs> on the beach in the instead of in bed right now? <laughs> There's a whole ocean waiting for me. What am I doing with myself? But, uh, but yeah. So but I have to say, before, yeah, I don't absolutely. want to interrupt you, but I have to say and let the misfits know that I'm really proud of the work that you've been doing, especially around your anxiety. Thank because you. I don't I don't know if you informed them of all the stuff that you've been doing. You got to moderate an event, which really took you out your Did comfort I talk zone. About that? I don't know if you talked about that, but you got to be a moderator at an event, which really took you out your comfort zone. And it was really it was really good to see you in your element and doing something that was that was meant for you to be doing. Thank you. And um, taking that step in overcoming your anxiety. So I just have to let the misfits know about the progress that you are working you know on your anxiety as well so i think that i told them i was going to do it but i don't think since then because how many weeks ago was that like two weeks two was it two weeks right ago? so it definitely did i don't i don't think i talked about that hmm how or it was oh what the episode itself was two weeks ago so i may have i may have talked about it Lord, okay. I don't want to repeat my- <laughs> I'm going to tell myself I did talk about it. Okay. I'm going to go back and listen to episode 90. And if I didn't, I'll come back and do it again. Okay. But they didn't hear from you. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I just wanted that to be known. Yes. In the universe. It, it, it really meant a lot that you were there. Um, it meant even more that when I was like, you can go ahead and, you know, walk around and do what you need to do that you stayed with me. Um, because, you know, of course there are some people, with Mike being a friend of mine, of course I know he wouldn't question my anxiety, but there are some people who might think that you're being a little dramatic, you know? Mm-hmm. But he was able to see for himself, you know, what what it looks like for me in a space like that. And he, because even before, he, before I saw him, he saw me. And I was standing at the table by myself. I would not move. I didn't know how to go around and, you know, introduce myself to people and all that stuff. Nope, wasn't going to happen. So (laughs) having him with me gave me a much needed exhale that I didn't think I would be able to have. And it prepared me tremendously to be a facilitator for my table, you know. So thank you for that. Thank you. That means a lot. So we can now go from the check-in into, I'm on the wrong episode. Look, I went to look up episode 90. (laughs) I was like, that's not what we're talking about this episode. So we can go into culture of pop. And I'm just letting y'all know now, this culture of pop is about to be real. Now, I'm going to get into why it's about to be real in a minute. But first, we wanted to send out our condolences to the family of B. Smith. Yes. Um, model, author, restaurateur. Uh, she passed away today, actually. We're recording this on the 23rd of February. And she passed away today. And um, as many of you know, but some of you may have not been aware, she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's in 2014. And her battle came to an end today. So, sending love and light to her family. 
Yeah, it's definitely sending love and light to our family. And ironically, today I was also writing about um, going home to Houston. One of the last times I went home to Houston was for my grandfather's funeral. And he also had Alzheimer's. And just the effects of watching the person that you love, yeah, you know, just, just become an entirely different person in front of your eyes. And definitely listening to the, the journeys of her husband and the family members, everything that we're going through it, um, just sending them lots of love, 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 you know, to them. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. Uh, and I feel like a lot of us have been impacted by it in some way, you know, Alzheimer's or dementia or something of that nature. We've all been impacted. So, again, when it comes to the mind, it is, yeah, whew, boy, um, and the impact it can have on so, so much. Um, but yeah, okay, so to get light, to get very light. So Mike and I actually went out yesterday. It was <laughs> National Margarita Day. <laughs> and we were out getting our drink on. First of all, both of us have felt some kind of way because we were supposed to see Nikki Giovanni yesterday and we didn't get Man. to. Ah. <laughs> Word got out in Atlanta. Hear me? Word got still, out. I'm still hurt. Yeah. I'm still hurt about that. And it was packed. So much so that when we were making our way towards the theater, people were walking back like, nope, turn right around. Yeah. <laughs> They're turning people away. And as we were walking past, because to get to our car, we actually still had to walk past where the theater was. So as all these cars being turned back around, nope, nope, you can't come in. It's done. It was like, wow. I, I, I made peace with myself that we weren't the only ones <laughs> missing out. So <laughs> I'm staring off into space right now. I'm hurt. <laughs> Okay, I'm hurt. I'm still hurt. Like, yeah. that would have been just an amazing experience. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And it's Black History Month. It's Listen, to see, mm, wow. I mean, yeah. a legend, an icon. I was about to say, amongst, uh, you don't get to see your legends every day. Yeah. This is real. But <laughs> we went out and we got our drink on. And whilst we were eating and drinking, I asked Mike, just out of nowhere, it, it, I don't even know where it came from in my mind. But I think I was just like, let's just have good conversation. So I was like, um, what did I say? What is your favorite song by Janet Jackson? Yes. What is your favorite Janet Jackson song? And, and what he was went my through response? It. <laughs> he went through it. Why are you this way? Okay. Why? That was my, that was my response. I said, why are you this way? Okay. Because literally, it just came out of nowhere. We were having an awesome time. I had gelato from that spot, like, for the from first time. From Volga, yes. Which was amazing. And then we go get margaritas, and then it's like, what's your favorite Janet Jackson song? And I'm like... Felt attacked. <laughs> who are you? Who, who sent you? Who sent you? Who yes. sent you? <laughs> so... In, in the midst of us having that conversation, like we started having a good conversation and we were we, we started going through each of the albums. And I was like, pause, because I think this would be awesome to do on the actual show. So let's wait and talk about it tomorrow on the show. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through each of Janet's albums. 
<laughs> and well, we're both, we're gonna start. With, we're gonna start with control, right? Yeah, we're starting so, with control. So the first I mean, two we're not gonna do. No, nah, Janet yeah. Jackson and Dream Street. Yeah, I think the fans will agree. Right. <laughs> that control is where it started. Control is where it started. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna start from control and then work our way to Unbreakable. So um, you can go first. You're making me go first because I'm going to talk a whole lot about this. Listen. And, um, <laughs> because music is one of those things that just nerdgasm. So Control, 1986, my birth year. It has a special place in my life. Um, I really I really struggle with Control because I think besides he doesn't know that I'm alive, which is probably a filler track. Like every track on this on this record is absolutely amazing, but I have to go with Pleasure Principle. Like Pleasure Principle, it just it holds up. Come on, PP. It just <laughs> <laughs> childish. So Pleasure Principle, it just still holds up. It still has like the imagery of it, the sound effects, the groove of it. Yeah. Everything is just it just still holds up to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, am I going? Am I going next? I guess that we I have to make, make sense. We have to make it through we every each album. album. Okay, <laughs> I was gonna let you do them all oh, by yourself. Okay. And then I, I can't mine. Stay and talk ten minutes about. <laughs> I will clue the folks in on the very important ones uh, in my life. Okay, so control that would be pleasure principle for me as well. Control. Pee pee. Yes. Okay, so for Rhythm Nation, uh, I guess I'll go first. So we can go back and forth. So for Rhythm Nation, um, that was that was difficult for me. For several of these albums, it was hard for me to pick just one because I have like two or three that are absolute faves of mine. But for me, it was Come Back To Me. Mm. And Come Back To Me is one of those ones where I would get emotional every time I would hear it. There's a song from Rhythm Nation and a song from Janet where both of them we ain't made went. it we ain't made it to Janet. i know but i'm okay. just saying i didn't name the song <laughs> sir anyway both of those albums have songs that will bring me to tears every time i hear them and yeah come back to me was one of those it's it's very powerful to me see this is why this is unfair right because <laughs> these albums still had like remixes and there are so many have you ever heard the come back to me abandoned heart Mix. No. See, like this is why this is unfair. So everyone out misfits, go to your YouTube's <laughs> or your SoundClouds and and type in uh come back to me the abandoned heart mix. Mm. And it listen, it'll change your life. If you uh, yeah. Okay. It'll change your life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so for me this is this is still hard as well because I think just a just a knee jerk pick for me is Rhythm Nation because mm-hmm of what it talks about Indeed. and this was the time when janet was really in her bags about being socially conscious yeah and it still holds up the state of the world tour last time which was inspired by rhythm nation 1814 and talking about these issues and continuing the conversation would be my pick however miss you much takes me back to middle school dance class with tanisha yeah um, <laughs> back in um in dance class at Landon School of the Arts. Come on. And, uh, Tanisha is an amazing dancer. And she was like, I want you to choreograph something to miss you much. And at that time, I was so shy. And I was like, there's nothing that's going to stand up to it. But it's just a it's just a song. You know, when you're missing the person and you want to do a little dance. And, ah, dun, dun, dun. It just has a little, mm-hmm. a little, a little <laughs> judge on it that I just still, that I just still absolutely love. Indeed. Okay, so you start now, with Janet. Now, Janet. Now we make it to <laughs> Janet. So, 
Janet might kind of be my entryway into Janet Jackson because I'll never forget sitting in my cousin Stephanie's house mm -hmm. in Texas. And I was looking at the album cover and I was like, this is really interesting. And then you open the album cover and you're like, now this is really, yes, this is really interesting. You flip it to the back cover and you're like, yeah. Okay. Um, my hormones at that time. But, <laughs> but oh my God. Um, I would probably go with, I would probably go with again for the same reason that you probably said come back to me because again also has a ton of remixes as well mm -hmm. um she even sings it in i believe french mm, wow um, <laughs> on um on the maxi single that is out there that exists i used to have all of this on my external hard drive and i'm so i am so hurt then it went away. So it is French. It's a French. I had to look it up on YouTube real okay. quick. I didn't need the Jam Fam coming for me. But um, the video with Gary Dordan, Dowden, how do you say his last Dorden. name? Dordan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the video, the simplicity of it, the, the lyrics of it. Yes. And I love a good story. You know, I heard from a friend today. She said you wasn't like just instantly takes you into that world and you're there tell me the story girl what happened yeah you know you saw him and then how did your heart feel and i've been there i know janet i know i mm, <laughs> i know that feeling okay so for me first i'll say where are you now is my other one <sighs> remember how to join the janet album i yeah. have one that brings me to tears where are you now brings me to tears every single time however my favorite song by janet from the um janet album is actually my all-time well it, it's tied for my all-time favorite song by her and that is this time mm. i hadn't heard this time for years like janet was also my introduction to janet jackson but i hadn't heard the album in full in years and then I went back because um, Janet was like 93 or something, right? When that came out? Um, I believe so. 93. 93. Yeah. Yep. Come on now. Uh, um, so I didn't go back to listening to it in its entirety for years. I would probably say, was it the end? When I, when I went to college, I think? Yeah. I think that was my... And then so getting... Because If was everything for me when it came out. Mm -hmm. Like it was all about the choreo yes. to If. Uh, but when I listened to it in its entirety again, I heard this time, I was like, dude, what? It was like one of those gems that was like hidden. You had no clue. And there is so much. It's dramatic. Yes. Like dramatic as hell. And when I listened to it, I was she's never done anything like this before or since. Just so unbelievably dramatic. And I don't know about you, but I was one of those. Well, I was, I'm speaking in past tense. I still do it. Mm -hmm. Where I create whole videos for songs. Oh, yes. And oh. Oh. The video I created yes. in my mind for this song. Whole video treatments, choreography, wardrobe, yes. everything. And yep. see, I, I love like to just think of if they did it live, the way that the band and the orchestra would look. And all oh, to this song. I was like, she needs to close a concert with this. She needs to. And just wear everybody out. Be like, good night. Go ahead. Deep album cut. Listen. Listen. Okay, so it'll be my turn now, right? So Velvet Rope. On Velvet Rope, for me, which was not easy uh, because I had like four or five favorite okay. songs on there. Yes. But for me, it was anything. Why anything? <laughs> there is a deep seduction to that song for me. Okay. And so Janet was my intro, but Velvet Rope is like, it is my favorite album by her. Mm -hmm. And it is an album I can listen to, one from start to finish. 
but two, it was a very important part of my life. Like I started growing my locks out to Velvet Rope. Um, I was in an abusive relationship during Velvet Rope. Like it's a very powerful album for me, you know? Mm -hmm. So I listen to anything and one, it's a big escape for me, a big escape. And there's a lot of softness to it, a lot of sensuality, you know, mm -hmm. um, very peaceful. I just love, like, it makes me think of water when I listen to it. Like, it's just, it's very mm -hmm. soothing. Yeah. I can, I can definitely see that, especially with songs like What About and those things that were on there. Uh, that's, I never knew that about you. But this is, <laughs> this is why music is, is, it's amazing to me because it still has those moments in your life that you can just recall and go back there. Yes. But um, Velvet Rope, Velvet Rope is probably the one that solidified me. So mm -hmm. at the time I was a freshman in college and I was talking to this really incredible guy who was a Janet Jackson, like Stan. <laughs> and um, he would always play like All For You at that time. And um, I think, so this had to be around, yeah, that time. And then um, I remember getting into Velvet Rope and it just, it like, I didn't necessarily get it until I, kind of grew into my own sexuality mm -hmm. and my own sexual I don't want to say liberation because I don't feel like at that point I was as liberated yeah. then as I am now mm -hmm. and knowing myself but it was it was the the um, sexuality of it the sensuality of it the 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 feeling for me of wanting to be able to dress up for my partner yeah. or try different things the BDSM and uh, get into my most inner kinks and yeah. all of those things but my favorite song is probably empty because mm. at that point the 28.8k <laughs> modem and upgrading to the 56.6k modem dial up um just the interlude before and after of having to experience kind of like that first i don't want to say online romance for me but getting to meet people online and um, being on the on online forums and chats and all those times of like rushing home to turn your computer on and see if that person was there, um, just getting a message from them or like, do you remember back on AOL, like when you used to have to put the away messages, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. like, you would just like put your away message on there. So whenever like the person like you would like hey if you're so and so I just want to let you know I'm thinking about you I would do stuff like that yeah and empty for me just the lyrics of that is you know if I can't read your thoughts and I feel empty it just it just it hits something in me and it just it makes me think about him every time I hear that song but it's great memories it's yeah. not attached to um you know anything bad although that didn't work out and we're still cool um, but it just, it's every time I hear that, and I was so excited when she did it live on the last tour in Vegas. And I was like, Janet, how dare you play with my emotions by giving me the snippet of it. But I was, I was proud. Mama gave me that. Yeah. Um, woo. So I stayed away from this real quick because I didn't want to get too emotional. So I'm not going to get too emotional. But another reason why anything is special to me is because it is what I wanted the relationship to be in the moment that I was in. It's, it's what I would have I would have liked, you know, and when she says I would do anything for you, like that's not how I felt that I wanted to do for him in that moment. I wanted to be with someone who made me feel happy and safe enough that I would want to say to them, I will do anything for you. Mm, so that's powerful. 
I had to get myself together. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah. So I'm throwing it over to you. We've got all for you. Okay, all for you. For me, that would, wait, no, it's you. Wait, no. Because I did anything and then you did your song for Velvet Rope, so oh, then you wait. take over. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> you talked and you. Right, it made it seem like <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> so it's back to, it's back to me, yes. so all for me. <laughs> on, <laughs> on all for you um you know it has to be feel so right like mm, yeah right right feel so this song sounds just like sunshine oh, it does it, it sounds it like does. sunshine it feels happier and i think it comes later in the album because it does tell the story of you know the divorce and all that that she was going through at the time but it just is still that redemptive quality to mm -hmm. me that it's just like just for me of falling in love and being in love and wanting to be with that person it just when you know you know and it just feels so right like loving you and touching you and give me lush background vocals and overlapping counter melodies on harmonies and like it is what janet is about like just all of those beautiful sounds that come together at the end and i'm smiling right now as i talk about yeah. it it's just feels so right it, it just does every time i hear it um my song would be china love and china love for me like i used to be oh the person i used to be wow i used to be and it ended with um all for you actually i used to be a hopeless romantic until i learned how dangerous and toxic that was and what that does that should, really mean because when because you should be a hopeful romantic okay. not a hopeless one and uh, i had to learn that mm. and that happened with the all for you album okay um i was in a and he and i are still friends to this day and i'm grateful to him because he saw he saw who i was and the growth i needed mm -hmm. and he broke up with me because of it he was very honest with me you know he told me that you're not ready because you love me more than you love yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, I'll, and I tell him all the time, I'm like, I'm forever grateful for you because you turn, you switched on something in me, you know? Um, but it's like the the hopeless back then, romantic in, in me, would look at China Love and just have visions, you know? And it's like, oh my goodness. Cause I, I think about the words now and I'm like, my heart has never been empty. <laughs> like, but it's like the, the China Love took on something different for me when I went to Anguilla, because I believe Anguilla is, she mentions it on the All For You album. So I'd always desired to go to Anguilla after I heard this album. But in going there and listening to the album, because of course I had to be corny and do that, um, it was no longer the words for me and it was more so the feeling. Mm. So the feeling of China Love, the, what I wanted it to be, I still have the feel for it, even though I don't have the desire to go along with it. So yeah. Growth. Come on, <laughs> growth, indeed. <laughs> Okay, so then that takes us to Demita Joe, <clears throat> which is the song that is tied with this time as my all-time favorite Janet song, which is All Night Don't Stop. And I, one, I took it as a personal offense when she was attacked the way she, because this was the album yeah. with the scandal. I was personally offended and felt attacked because this song should have been everywhere. <laughs> and the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, she's gonna get to perform this everywhere. Mm -hmm. This song is gonna blow up. And then the scandal happened. And I was like, you've taken away my chance to see her perform this live all over the damn place. But thankfully we got a video for it. And I was like, okay, at least we got a video. I felt very much like Aaliyah with More Than A Woman, where I was like, okay, I got my favorite song as a video. Thank you for that. Um, but yeah, just everything, everything about the vibe 
everything. Like the whole song is a mood. It really is. And there's never been a time where it's come on where I don't get a chill down my spine because it is like a Scorpio anthem. It is really, it, <laughs> it really, really is. It really is. Like I, I, this song, I mean, this podcast is far from PG, but if I really went into how I feel about All Night Don't Stop, this would have to be. <laughs> you could go all night, huh? Listen. Don't stop. Don't stop. Mm. Whoo, Lord. <laughs> okay, you go ahead. <laughs> you go ahead. <laughs> Listen, as I age gracefully, Ooh. I stamina. Whew, I'm like a stamina. Um, I could dance all night. Can you now? Work me like you work in a pole. Okay. Which I think in the sequencing of that as well with R&B Junkie being after that was yeah. so amazing. Um, <laughs> You're music loving ass. <laughs> <laughs> I know just, I mean, all of these things are nergasms, like a, a great sequence album. Okay, so Demita Joe. Come on, great sequence uh, album. <laughs> Don't Demita, get me started. Demita Joe for me, once again, I think, um, I, I, yeah, the scandal happened, everything happened. Um, but I have to say for me, I have to go with Looking for Love interlude because I often refer back to the interlude and it, it just, it's uh, like the words of it were complicated, complex people rolled into so many things, looking for things, filled with so much creativity of life and vibrance, all looking for love. Yeah. You know, it just, it boils down for me one of the most important needs that I have in my life. And I in I would like to say that it is a want, but I need I need love. Mm -hmm. Um I need love. Whether that's from within myself, whether that's from the universe showing me love, that I do still need love. Yes. And just the words of that, the simplicity of it, the and Janet we know is the interlude. <laughs> yes. Just an interlude, interlude queen. Everything, yeah. But <laughs> Often when I make mixtapes or sex playlists, I always like to include that on there as well because even in the midst of sex, it's like that reminder for me sometimes, depending on who it is, is that it's still <laughs> that it's still a, a, an act of love and of exchanging love. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm one exchanging love. So, <laughs> okay, it's your turn. <laughs> Among other things. <laughs> the album that we want to forget about. Listen, whole facts. So, what did you what did you say to me yesterday? Have have we given up on Twenty White? What was what did you ask me about this album yesterday? Um, my thing was what what was the exact question I asked you? Did you have a favorite song from there? Because I said for me, like I chose one, but mm -hmm. it, it literally was the only one I could choose. Um, because for me it was irrelevant and I just wanted to make sure for you I was like is it irrelevant for you as well because I I oh there we go I've I was asking do I need to there we go there mm -hmm. we go it's gonna come back to me do I need to go back and listen to it yes because I was like I don't and you told me no I said no <laughs> no you don't because I was like I don't remember anything from it but this one song I'm gonna name yeah, I mean probably this is gonna be probably the quickest one I just have to say um Probably take care. Okay. I mean, it's it's just it was one of the only redeeming things about that album to me was probably take care. Okay. Um, and as a bonus, I would say the bonus track, which is not on the album Weekend. Mm -hmm. So if y'all haven't heard that out there, Misfits, YouTube that as well. Uh, Janet Jackson Weekend. Okay. 
and seeing how I've never listened to the album, <laughs> I think I turned it on. I own the damn thing because that's how much of a Janet I Jackson too, and admirer I am. Listen, <laughs> I think I put it in once and never made it halfway through. So mine would be so excited, clearly, because I can't give you anything else. <laughs> definitely wasn't going to be. Is your home great? <laughs> listen, it definitely wasn't going to oh, be the first Kaya. single. Kaya, you could have been so great. <laughs> I mean, come on. How many people can say they had a feature with Janet with Jackson? With Janet Jackson. I got you looking at my body like it's something to eat. Listen, <laughs> that first single, though, was Blasphemous, so that definitely uh, wouldn't have been my favorite. Um, but yes, so then we go to Discipline. And my favorite song from Discipline is So Much Better. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like with so many Janet songs, she just, even though she's a Taurus, she knows how to speak to a Scorpio. She, which is probably why most of my exes have been Taurus. <laughs> I feel like she knows how to speak to us, boy, because the things that she puts in her songs, I'm like, mmm, indeed. But then, I mean, I listen to the, um, I listen to the words and I laugh to myself because it's not, I mean, the ego of a Scorpio, absolutely. <laughs> I'm what you've been missing. You might need to jump on this. Absolutely. But I'm not going to, I have no need to make the argument that I'm better for you than he is. Mm. You should clearly know that. So <laughs> I, have no, I have no desire to make that argument. Come on, ego. That, that feels slightly pathetic. But, <laughs> but the song itself, yes, it's a, it's a serious bop. Mm. Really want to, I really want to, I, I. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be the one. Um, Missy and Janet, uh, I feel like their collaborations over the years, they haven't had a miss yet. Yeah. From Son of a Gun to The One, it just, it, it, it's so much better as kind of in the vein of The One because it is, it's, it's, I'm on my shit talking. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like one, one of those nights for me when it's like, I don't want to got my hair cut. I know I'm at like a 10 status. I done took a nice shower. I done <laughs> oiled my body down. I done put on some good cologne. I got on an outfit that I feel confident about. It doesn't have to be the best looking or whatever, but I feel confident in it. And I'm just, it's just, I just want to be the one. Like, yeah. and especially that couple of like when you are meeting the person that you're with and it's just like, I know that I look good and I just want to be the one for you. And it's just, you know, and coupled with the just the sensuality of the really want to ah ah that it just it is classic like Janet taking on I feel like Michael isms yeah of her brother um, and then Missy comes in and she just gives you like that Missy the 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 quirkiness the storytelling style of it all that just still with me and that makes me want to go back and look at the video <laughs> for Son of a Gun because I really enjoyed that Son of a Gun video it was so damn different I love it. But as a fun fact, if you don't know, so Neo actually wrote Discipline. So if you don't know I as well, know people, go to YouTube and listen to Neo's demo of Discipline. Mm -hmm. Because to hear him actually sing the lyrics that would be of saying like, um, daddy in it. And yeah, he left yeah, yeah. everything of it. It is still, to me, it still is like, oh my God, why can, why can't like, men make songs like yeah. this about other men yeah so although neo is not a homosexual right um just to still listen to a male's voice on that track of like you know spank me daddy and yeah. i need some discipline and tie me down i've been very bad make mm -hmm. me cry it just yeah 
the steering inside of me happens, and uh, <laughs> so go check that out. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> okay, so unbreakable for you. Unbreakable. Um, which was like Janet's long break between albums. She made us wait a very long time for this. Unbreakable was a very solid album. She was back with Jimmy Jam and Terry, which mm-hmm. made me very excited. Um, I really haven't spent that much time with it, but when I go back to it, there are certain favorites that I kind of like. Um, if I had to choose, um, uh, if I had to choose one, I would probably say that I always kind of go back to Black Eagle. Um, a lot of people really like Black Eagle. I really like Black Eagle. It, to me, still is Janet at her best. Um, lyrically, vocally, and it's one of those songs too when I'm just, when I need a oomph mm-hmm. or I need to, to lift myself up out of a place that, um, that I can listen to Black Eagle. Um, at this moment, I can't give you the reason why it's my favorite song because the truth is I haven't listened to that album in a long time, <laughs> but I did remember that it was my favorite and that's Lessons Learned. Um, I cannot, because I don't even remember the words to it, to be honest with you. But I did know when I listened to it, my best friend Brandon told me the Black Eagle was his. And I was like, lesson learned is mine. And he was like, I can understand that for you. I definitely get why it's yours. Um, yeah, so I'm going to need to go back and listen <laughs> and figure out why. Yeah. I can say out of all her albums, it's the ones, it's the one I've listened to the least. Well, of course, we're not counting 20YO. Right. Um, but all the ones that I actually like, it's the one I've listened to the least. Um, it definitely had a very different vibe and feel mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. It absolutely did. It did. And I, I, like I say, I haven't spent much time with it. And I think that's probably why. Like, it, it did have a whole different vibe. Yeah. So, um, I hope that you all have enjoyed listening to this, Misfits. <laughs> and I want you all to let us know what your favorite songs are from each of the albums as well. So you can definitely either go on social media, you know, you can either go under the healing space and leave it under one of those pages, or you can go under our personals. So we can give them our personals right now as well as the end of the show. So I am Scorpiogi across all platforms. That's S-C-O-R-I. Wait a minute, C-S-O-R-P-I-Y-O-G-I. <laughs> I've always said since the beginning of this podcast, I said, one day I'm going to mess up on my name. I, I felt not want to interrupt you. I was like, <laughs> be still, my child. Yes, be still. <laughs> so, yes, you can definitely DM me um, and let me know. Or if you want to DM Mike, you can DM him. DM him? Yes, DM him. DM him. And you pick up my southern drawl all the time. So you can slide in my DMs at Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-X-W-A-R-D on all social platforms. Or you can find me on Facebook under Michael Ward as well. Yes, slide in. Indeed. Shoot your shot. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to move on from Janet. And we're now going to go into our top five faves and your favorite song by them. So we're still on music, Mister. We are <laughs> this still is on even music. harder. Okay. <laughs> so he gave me his top five last night, but he informed me that what was your exact words? That these aren't necessarily. These are stream of consciousness. These right. are not. This is not a definitive list. The definitive list. list. Do okay. not hold me to this. If I go and I say something different on another platform, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
I just have to put that disclaimer out there because I don't want y'all to be like, well, you told me your inspiration was X, Y, and Z. Okay. Listen, this is where I am right now in my life. It was a stream of consciousness because as a music lover, mm -hmm. this is hard shit. I can say that for me too. I would say out of my five, three of them are mm -hmm. absolute faves. The other two can be kind of interchangeable switching between other people. Um. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So I ended with lessons learned for Janet. So you can start with who your first person is and your fave song by them. So my first person is Alia, mm -hmm. Dana Houghton, <laughs> <laughs> the full government. Um, and Aaliyah came to me at a time in my life. I remember back and forth, which was, so most of, so most of these are gonna have memories attached because my sensory memory is mainly tied to music, mm -hmm. um, auditory experiences. Um, I remember things by music. So I remember like knowing of the triumvirate uh, Aaliyah, Monica, Brandy, um, all of those at that point. But I really didn't become an Aaliyah fan until I think the One in a Million album. Okay. And the combination of Missy, Aaliyah, and Timbaland is still like it's still a powerful thing. It but is. I think um, because because I think there were a lot of artists like like Janet. Janet had Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, that producer-artist combo that just got each other. Yeah. With Missy Timberland and Aaliyah, I think that whole combination, um, it just was, it was just great. Their my, whole family, their crew yes. was phenomenal. I mean, even still, for them to be Missy and Timberland, yeah. to still be making groundbreaking music and to go back to any of the albums in their catalog and it feels fresh. Yes. It feels adventurous and we really have to give Missy her just due as an Afro, Afro futurist yeah and um her videos and her stylings and all of that so this was a very tough pick for me very 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 tough pick um but i always go back to it's whatever mm -hmm. like that song to me is probably one of those things that when i'm in love and it just it feels all of those senses for me from the sense of taste the sense of smelling you of being up under you, of having you in my sheets and my pillows, mm. of, of smelling that when you're not with me, of hearing your voice, of uh, of just all of those things that really when I'm, and I'm infatuated and I wanna take in your full essence and your presence, that song speaks to me. It's, it's kind of just, you know, it's me and you, you and me, and it's whatever you want it to be. Mm -hmm. Like if we just sitting here chilling in our sweats, and we just looking at each other in the silence, but we just feel something. That's whatever. Yeah. You know, whatever that you want it to be. Yeah. You don't have to put any labels on it. There's no boundaries of it. I just want you around. Mm. I just want you here. Um, and just like the birds, the whistle in the trees. It just <laughs> Shout out to Static. Rest in peace as well. I yeah. can't mention him without mentioning Aaliyah, but he wrote, he wrote, just the mess out of that song. Yeah. So it's whatever from uh, from her last album, Aaliyah. Okay. So for me, uh, clearly anyone who either listens to this podcast or even, even remotely, you should probably question if you're a friend of mine if you don't know this, but Brandy, um, she is also number one. That's mm. inarguable. <laughs> she <laughs> is my number one. And the song would be Sweet Nothings, which most people at this point know as well. Uh, it is an unreleased track. And I was, I think my first time really having a, an in-depth conversation 
about the song with Mike was yesterday, but I was saying that it was the perfect storm for me because most people also know that one of my favorite artists is Michelle and Diggiacello, who actually isn't in my top five, so that's why I told you. <laughs> Changing them out, it can happen. <laughs> uh, my favorite album of all time is Bitter by Michelle, and the very first track on the album is called Adam. So that's why earlier when you were talking about songs where, you know, I mean, albums where if you go song to song, mm -hmm. Listen, there is an absolute theme to Bitter, and yes. it is what made me fall in love with themes for albums. <laughs> I'm like, yes, this is how you do an album. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so Adam is my favorite track, um, other than Wasted Time on Bitter, and there are no words. And so my first time hearing Sweet Nothing and the fact that they sampled Adam, I was so emotional. The first I was like, I feel like I was about to be like Kool Aid Man and go burst through a wall. I had so much energy in me, like, oh my god, Brandy, I don't think I could love you anymore. Um, it's it's an emotional ass song for me. It really is. Like every possible emotion you could think of, I experience when I listen to Sweet Nothings. I really, really do. <laughs> like. It, it like everything i'm sitting here right now like i've cried to that song i've like been in a car you know like with the windows down just got driving down the highway with the sun beaming feeling like i was so happy like even for me the song exists even beyond what it's talking about in the song it's just on a totally different level for me sweet nothings is perfection as a song to me but yeah and honorable mention my favorite michelle album is comfort woman Yes, as it should be. That is my second favorite one. As it should be. You be making me want. Mm. <laughs> Sir. Second artist. <laughs> um, Maxwell. Mm -hmm. Maxwell is just underrated. No, I wouldn't say underrated. Really? So we we need to have a conversation about this word underrated. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like we use it a lot when artists don't get their just due mm -hmm. as we feel that they should. But I've moved from an underrated mentality probably to just saying that I wish more people knew about their music, but the people that do know about Maxwell's music, I'm, I'm here for it. Mm -hmm. He's experiencing the success that he's meant to experience here, and I know this sounds very mental health therapy of me, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> But I'm I'm trying to move away from that that mindset of being underrated. Mm -hmm. um, now that may change as well. I give myself room to let that <laughs> definition come back. To I, say I quite literally hardly ever use the term <laughs> to say so. he's underrated. Um, My only reason for saying that is because for people like he like there was a time where I wanted to be a singer, mm -hmm. and for me, I never wanted to get any further than a Michelle or a Maxwell. Because I don't like the dangers of if you become too famous, how people start acting okay. and stuff like that. I'm like, I'm good right where they are. Mm -hmm. But I only say that because I'm still in my feels about Embrya. You know? They, they. Yep, see? There we go. There we go. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to shut up. You can keep talking. Yes, but see, here's, but here's the thing, though, is that like a Sade, Maxwell gets to take time away. Absolutely. To live life, to bring those experiences to us. Yep. And I think as well, Embrya for him, is also one of those albums where it sucked that everybody wanted another Urban Hang Suite. Come on, there we it go. It sucked that everybody wanted another one, and yes. he was like, but follow me on the journey. Come on. And very rarely in an artist catalog can you say that he went from Urban Hang Suite to Black Summer's Night. Yes. Um, and each of them just, they stand alone. Yeah. 
You know, and I understand yeah. the last album is forthcoming and it's a trilogy. Right. But it's but it they all stand alone on their end. And this was also hard for me because Maxwell has been there throughout my life in those moments. Mm-hmm. And um Oh, this this is really it's it's really hard for me, but I have to probably say Drown Deep Hula mm. from, from Embrya just because the vulnerability that he expresses in that song using different voices, yeah. overlapping voices and still giving room to let the music play such a big component. Yeah. Um just of itself is is oh my god, like I can still just vibe to that song and it just it still stands it yeah. still holds and yes Embrya which ironically of course my favorite song would be from that <laughs> one but but Embrya didn't didn't necessarily keep the fan base that he acquired with Urban Hang Suite yeah but I feel as if you know it's still an album he needs to be very proud of absolutely absolutely it is my favorite album by him, just for the experimental nature behind it alone. It is my favorite album by him. Um, of course, Urban Hangsweet is a classic. Uh, I'm still unpacking how I feel when it comes to now, because mm-hmm. I don't know if the reason why I dislike the album so much is because of the love that Embrya didn't get. I felt like now was him attempting to get the love back mm-hmm. for Urban Hangsweet. It was. So yeah, I dislike now a lot because of that. So I'm like, maybe I should give another chance. <laughs> but the funny thing is, I was telling Mike before we started to record that the, Maxwell was actually going to be on my list. But I was like, okay, let me give somebody else a chance because he's definitely one of my favorite male singers of all time. But I was like, let's see if we can give somebody else a chance. Uh, but no, <clears throat> this next person I'm going to name was going to be on the list no matter what. And that is Amal LaRue. Um, Amel is someone else that most people who are close to me know that she, I have like my top three, my trifecta, and, mm-hmm. and these two are non-negotiable for me. Like Brandy and Amel will always be on my list no matter what. Um, even my third person I'm going to share changes out every now and then. And the person who's, number, who's third on my list usually changes out for Michelle. She usually takes her place. But Amel and Brandy are always there. And uh, Mountain, Mountain of Wind is my favorite song by Mel LaRue. And I would like for there to be a class in college taught about Mountain of Wind. I think it is one of the most brilliant songs I have ever heard. <laughs> like, and I know it because I'm one, I, I, I actually miss how much I used to be in love with music. Like, I used to love music. I am not that person anymore. But what's changed? But what's changed for you, though? I And I don't know. I don't know which. Cause I'll, like, listen to you or I'll listen to Kevin talk about music. And the way that you are. I used to be that guy. Like, I can get real deep into it. Like, go behind some stuff. <laughs> and, like, I miss being that guy. But it just, it went away, you know? Um, I think life showed up. And I no longer. Because, I, like I said, I don't even listen to whole albums all the way through anymore. Like, I don't know. It just went away. But I would get in the car with people, and I was one of those test people. I'd be like, all right, I'm going to play some songs for you. Mm-hmm. And I want you to tell me what it is that yes. you're feeling, okay? Okay. So I would play Mountain of Wind for everyone. And I would be like, and what do you get when you listen to this song? Because it is, I mean, to take a feeling, the feeling of procrastination, which is very powerful for me. You know, it's it's a battle I've been battling my whole damn life. Mm-hmm. So much so that it got to a point where I was saying to my dad, like, can it can this be hereditary? <laughs> like, <laughs> could I have gotten this from you? Like, real uh-uh. talk. 
Um, and to listen to a song that is pretty much talking about that, you know, about how you never truly reach your greatness, excuses that are used, you Mm. know, when, when am I going to get there? You know? Oh my God. (laughs) I could go on about mountain of wind so much. Like I want anyone who was listening to this podcast to go and listen to mountain of wind and study it. Mm. Like listen to it and ask yourself, is this me? You know, mm-hmm. like, because it was, I can't even say that the person she was being in the song was celebrating it, which is a whole nother thing altogether to be like, are you celebrating your mediocrity? You know, mm-hmm. but it's understanding how great, which has been my journey and understanding how great you could be, but not being able to get over that mountain, you know, Whew. okay. That's a word. Have you ever seen her laugh? <laughs> Oh, yes. Okay. So listen, 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 listen. How dare I tell you like this? (laughs) So I saw her in D.C. Uh I saw her in D.C. And it was so funny because the first thing, when when you said that, I was was like, I touched the hem of her garment. (laughs) (laughs) So the way that it was set up is that we could all sit at like dinner tables. And I don't know why people are foolish. They should have definitely gotten closer. I was literally all the way at the very front of the table where I could put my arm on the stage. So I'm like resting on the stage. I did the same so thing. So close that when she walks by, I could smell her. I did oh. the same thing. Now, so I didn't get to meet her, but I met her daughter. Her daughter sang for me and everything. I was like, oh, you're so awesome. At first she thought I was weird. And I was like, no, calm down. <laughs> like, I'm not one of those people. I just really respect your mom. And I appreciate getting to meet you. And it was, oh my goodness. Like I've seen her twice. Mm-hmm. The first time I saw, both times were in DC. First time I saw her, it was a place that was so packed. It's actually a really popular, I think it's called, um, I think it's called The Park. So most people who live in D.C. will know what I'm talking about. I think it's called The Park. And it was packed. Like, I was nowhere near her. And I felt like for somebody who I love so much, I couldn't even really enjoy her. She even follows me on on Twitter. Come on. That did everything for me. (laughs) I was like, I'm one of your brave birds. But yeah, seeing her perform live and the fact... I think Mountain of Wind was the only favorite song I had by her that she didn't perform. But to listen to her, and she has such a unique voice that is so quintessentially a Mel... That when she sings, yes. you, I love her so much. Her and Michelle, I can spell their names perfectly. <laughs> like, Come on. A-M-E. I love them, Lord. Okay, I'm going to shut up. <laughs> um, My third artist is Beverly Knight, mm-hmm. which I think is the one that you said is probably going to be the only one most of the misfit have to look up. Unless you just happen to know Beverly Knight or you're from the UK or somehow she's crossed your radar. Mm-hmm. But Beverly Knight is a black woman from the UK who has a phenomenal voice. Um, she actually was one of the first uh, uh, one of the first Rachel Marins in the Bodyguard musical in the West End, I believe. Yeah. Um, over there. She's been out for years. Um, she's known for being a soul artist over there. So... I stumbled upon her in my sister's dorm room. Um, I don't know how I stumbled upon it. The universe brought it to me, but it was um, her video, um, which is my favorite song, is is called uh, Gold Mm -hmm. from uh, her album. I think it's called Who I Am. Mm -hmm. I think from that album. But it came to me at a time when... uh, The album is Who I Am, the song is Gold. Yeah, the album is called Who I Am, and the song is called Gold. Okay. And so it came to me at a time that I really needed to, I needed it. Um, let me make sure it is from, yeah, it is from who I am. <laughs> Look at <that> real quick. <laughs> um, so 
it came to me at a time when I really needed just a hug. Mm. Um, and the lyrics of the song are like, I'm gold, you know, catch me in the slipstream passing by the fools who just don't know pure gold, baby. And if you knew the real thing, um, and if you knew my worth, uh, you know, I'm gold. And um, of course, the lyrics are talking about a relationship that, um, you know, some people never recognize how important you are to them in their life yeah. and what they're missing out on. And you can be standing like it's standing right in front of your face. Like I'm here. See me. Recognize me. Value you. Value me because I'm pure gold. Yeah. You know, and if you knew my worth, you wouldn't let me go. Yeah. And it came, like I said, it came to me at a time where I just needed that from the universe, mm -hmm. not from a particular lover. I just needed the world to know my worth and who I was. Because as a creative and as an artist, a lot of times we face rejection. You know, and it's one of those things that, oh my God, like if you only knew, like I would be right for this part or I would be yeah. right for this project or oh my God, if you just knew what it is. And I was just getting knocked down left and right at that time and whatever, I stumbled upon that the universe brought this video to me and I was like, yes, black woman, you are gold mm -hmm. and I'm gold too. And, yes. and I felt that. And as I like learned more about her journey and followed her, um, one of her uh, causes and things that she's very, very uh, a big supporter of uh, are the gays, but she's a, a big HIV AIDS activist. She lost her best friend Tyrone. I believe is his name at the time to um, a, uh, HIV complications. Yeah, and um, she she was very open about it. She was very candid in interviews about it, and she dedicated her album after that one called Affirmation to him. So to be able to have this very popular woman in the UK, black woman, yeah, yeah. talking about the HIV epidemic. And acknowledging that this black gay man, um, you know, uh, just just her friend, it just it it means so much to me because we have a lot of artists that we we give our money to that yeah, we support, yeah. but they don't talk about causes that speak to me directly. Absolutely, um, beyond writing a check, but to show up and put in the work and and be there at a time when it wasn't necessarily popular to talk about it, it just yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so look her up um across your platforms a lot of the music you can't find um in stores here in america but that wonderful thing that we call the internet come on <laughs> yes will connect us all yes come thank you for sharing that people need to know about her absolutely and i like being put on with new people so i appreciate that um, which would be, I mean, a lot of people don't know who Amel is, so I can't really say I'm putting people onto her because people either do know her. I feel like more people know her than the person I'm about to name. So I guess the person who I'm about to name would be my Beverly. Um, and so my third person would be Liz Wright. Mm. And I realized just now that my top three I've all met in person. I met Brandy in person. Well, I was in. <laughs> Amel looked down, looked down at me. <laughs> mm. I'm like, well, one, one removed one by her by meeting her daughter. But I did get to meet Liz Wright as well, and I actually mm. met Liz Wright here in Atlanta. My first year living in Atlanta, I got to meet her, and that was at the Variety Playhouse. Mm. And my favorite song by Liz Wright is called "Old Man," 
And I love that I get to tell this story. I'll be telling this story when I am old and gray. <laughs> uh, George and I were there and she performed Old Man. And he can tell you I started to cry. And the reason why I started to cry is because she was performing only songs from Homo's recent album. That's literally the only songs that she was performing. And I was like, well, I just get to see her in person. I've never seen her in person. And she is absolutely one of those artists that when she sings, she sounds exactly like she does on the album. So um, the lighting changed on stage. And I was like, okay, we're going for a different mood now. And then it dropped. And I just stood there for a minute. And I was like, I know this can't be happening. And I turned on, well, my, my phone was already up because I was recording some songs that she was singing. But... I turned my phone on so fast and you can hear me in the background saying, oh my God, old man. <laughs> and I'd already told George that it was my favorite song. And I was like, no, you don't get it. This is the only song that isn't from this album. And she's performing it right now. And singing it and the rest of the audience singing it with me, like I had this feeling in my spirit, like you all are true fans. You know what old man is. Yes. And I don't know, I guess I just didn't realize how many other people love that song as much as I did. And it was such an awesome moment, and I'm so glad that I got to record it. So glad I got to record it. And then meeting her afterwards and her spirit being so beautiful, and she was so kind. And just holding that conversation with her, and I told her, you know, like, thank you for your music, but also your voice. Your voice is so beautiful and inspiring. And I'm glad that the voice that I've heard for so many years fit the personality you know, when I got to meet you in person and we took pictures and all that good stuff. But yeah, old man Liz Wright. Okay. Yes. Okay, fourth for you. Fourth for me is going to be Mary Jane Blige. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think I've told this story. So most people that know me, uh, know Mary J. Blige came to me as well as a teenager. Um, shout out to my big sister um, for bearing with the change of heart that I had about her <laughs> um, as I had my first heartbreak and went through that whole ordeal and she was there mm -hmm. to, to pick up those pieces as I cried <laughs> and I whined and I couldn't get out of bed um, but I have so many favorite Mary J. Blige so this is no way keeping me right. tied down I have so many favorite Mary J. Blige songs, but probably No More Drama is um is one that I always go back to, and that's one that was at a turning point in my life. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first time hearing her sing it at Essence Festival when I was like 18 years old. Um, and having this religious experience in that freaking stadium, <laughs> and my mama looking at me like I'm a wild banshee, and my sister's like, baby, he he going through some stuff. It's something on him he's trying to get off. <laughs> but uh, but yes, at that time, it came to me when I was like, I'm tired of just everything that just is so much in my life. And I couldn't wait to be who I am and my authentic self. And so no more time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, authentic self. Yes. We are here for it. Yes. Okay. So my fourth person, my fourth artist is going to be Toni Braxton. Yes. And so Toni's major for me. She is not who she used to be in my life as an artist. Mm -hmm. um, Toni was where Brandy is now when I was younger. Um, and then after a while, she just kind of fell further and further down. Uh, but she's very important to me. Um, she is the only artist that I know that 
when I listen to her, I like every album that comes out later more than the previous one. Uh, that's Which stopped. is hard. Yeah, it is very hard. That's hard. It is very hard. This is why she's the only <laughs> one. She's the only one. It stopped, though. Um, mm-hmm. And it stopped after Libra. Um, Libra was the last time where I think Libra remains my favorite album by her. Um, but before that, all of I loved The Heat is probably my least favorite. But I also mm. didn't hear the album after. Like, and I fell off. Like, I fell off from my love of Tony. So I haven't even heard in full any of the albums after Libra. So I don't even know which ones uh, they more are. More Than a Woman? No, More Than a Woman came before Libra. Okay. Yeah. Um, so whatever. It was some flowing dress she had is on the next album. And she had her song with Trey Songs was on that one. Um, so I don't Pulse. even know. It Pulse is the name of it. Okay. <laughs> But uh, yes, so with Libra being my favorite, my favorite song didn't have to be found on there because I have many favorite songs by Tony, many favorite. But the song is supposed to be. Mm. Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> that's a, like for me, a lot of those songs come with feelings. Like I know that I love a song if I can imagine myself doing two things, either laying in bed on a summer night with a really cool breeze coming through my window that's one my eyes are closed and i'm envisioning yes (laughs) so it's like an evening either sunset or once it's dark outside but it's a it's i would probably say around maybe 75 70 75 degrees Mm -hmm. so it's not like super hot but a, a nice really cool breeze coming through the window and you're just laid back tv off you know listening to this Mm. and so and so that's one another one is i always imagine myself go with me now i always imagine my eyes are still close as savannah from waiting to exhale (sighs) come on cunt (laughs) (laughs) not in the not in the derogatory sense let me clear right right but yeah okay (laughs) driving down the highway with the top down oh yes and listening to a song (laughs) so my very first time hearing full moon Full Moon was my, well, of course, the entire Wayne Texel album, but going away from the Wayne Texel album, Full Moon was the first time I really got that feeling because I was actually in a drop down going down the highway in Miami yeah. listening to Full Moon. Listen. (laughs) So those are the two feelings that I get when I listen to certain songs, and supposed to be gives me the feeling of laying in a room, Mm. you know, on a warm summer evening, and with a really cool breeze coming through your window when I listen to that song. So for me, it's not always necessarily the words, but a feeling. Okay. And supposed to be is a feeling song. It's the words for me. It is. Yeah. It's, uh, It's. It's. My man's tailor-made for me, and he comes in just my size. <laughs> and every time I put him on, I swear. I swear. Right. Listen, baby, that's how it's supposed to be. Whew. The only so as I've, I'm not. Yeah. For me, with that song, it's all mm. the ad libs. The ad libs do everything for me in that song. Mm. Oh, yeah. He comes in just feel my it. Size. You better feel it. Feel every it. Every time I put him on, it just. <laughs> Ain't no other he's lady. right where he says he'll be. Mm-hmm. Listen. <laughs> you better adjust in your seat. <laughs> I can't. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. What's your fifth one? Baby, that's how it's supposed to be. Um, <clears throat> my um, last pick is Stevie Wonder. Mm-hmm. Um, Stevie 
wonder. Yeah. I think for me, men vocalists are, um, are real, I'm very tough. Yeah. I'm very tough on men. I let women get away with a lot, but uh, I'm very tough on men. Mm-hmm. And uh, just Stevie, I just, the amount of talent that this man has had. And I, and I also love artists who, excuse me, recognize their gift and their blessings. And they recognize that in other artists and they want to uplift that and also bring them up to the best that they can be and touch them in some way. So even with Stevie's own catalog, there are so many branches that are off of the Stevie tree that it just, we could be here all, all day talking about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and probably my knee jerk was what we played last night was Rocket Love. Mm-hmm. But I play Rocket Love because it reminds, like every time I hear Janelle Monae's Say You'll Go. Yeah. Um, that is like a direct influence by Stevie's uh, Rocket Love. But probably Visions. I think Visions for me from Stevie Wonder, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's another thing to me as far as um, a beautiful a beautiful song that is kind of wrapped in this kind of disguise of being a love song, but it's also very socially conscious and talks about things that just kind of makes you think like how being good to one another and treating people with respect and just being an overall good person it's so simple. Yeah. Simplistic like the song. So, you know me, I am a lyricist. So I had to pull the lyrics up because <laughs> I do not need any of y'all out there um, to come for me. But just some of the lyrics like, what I'd like to know is, could a place like this exist so beautiful? Or do we need to find our wings and fly away to the vision in our mind? Just to, to set the mood, to set the picture for me of just saying, like, this place of this utopia that we would love to live in, you know, can we, can you and I just fly away there and exist in that moment for a small pocket of time and, and be there. And of course it was later sampled. Yeah. Um, by numerous people, but, uh, Stevie, my top male vocalist, it was tough. Mm-hmm. But as I said, do not hold me to any of, <laughs> any of these. Stevie will definitely be on the list, but yeah. So two things for me. One, in having this conversation with me, I mean with you, I'm I'm missing who I used to be when it comes to music mm-hmm. because two of my, me and two of my best friends when we were younger, we had this thing where we had our own particular thing when it came to music. Mm-hmm. So when the three of us would get together, we'd have these bomb-ass conversations because mm-hmm. I was all about lyrics. Uh-huh. Another one was all about beats mm-hmm. when the other one was all about instrumentation. So we would have these songs, we would listen to different songs and then just analyze and break all of them down. And I sit here with you now so far removed from the person. It's like, it's all about the words. Give me the words and what's going on in them. Mm-hmm. So listening to you now, I'm like, oh, I miss when I was that guy. But I would get really deep into words and stuff. Mm-hmm. I miss that. The other thing I was going to say is all of the artists that you named that I didn't name, every single one of them have specific songs that are very important and powerful to me. So I thought that was very interesting that all of the artists you named that I didn't. I was like, oh, I have a connection to all of them. And it's not just songs I like, but songs that were li- like life-changing in the moment. That was, yeah. Absolutely. You should hold on to friends like that, though. Like well, what? no, I should. I, I, I'm gonna take that back because certain friendships and relationships, all of those, end when they, when they need to end. Yeah, you know. Or, or were you talking about my two best friends? 
Well, I didn't but know the ones that you said that you enjoyed talking with lyrics. Oh yeah, they're still around. Yeah. Oh, okay. They're two of my best. I didn't. Friends. I didn't yeah. know, but I, I didn't want to put that general statement because that, that's I, real. I corrected myself. Yes. But, <laughs> but people who put you onto good music, I feel like they're a treasure. They're well, one of them, treasure. absolutely. He's the yes. he's the Pisces. Yeah, he is <laughs> my best friend. One of well, one of my best friends is a Pisces. Yeah, he is a music. He's very much like Kevin in that way. Like yeah, the two of them. But uh, my fifth and last person, which once again, there are so many other people who could have been in this position, <laughs> but I decided to go with Usher uh, because I don't have a lot of male vocalists that I really love. And Usher is absolutely at the top. Um, he would be there with Tank, with Stevie, with Maxwell, with D'Angelo. Um, but yeah, I love, love Usher. And I think my love is made even stronger for him because there are a lot of people who fell off for him when he started doing more pop music. Mm. And and that moment was when I actually realized how much I loved him, because when he started making the more poppier uh, albums, I was like, you know what? I really vibe with you. No matter what direction you go in, I'm still here enjoying you. Now the song that I'm about to pick, I feel like you in this moment, you could hit me up tomorrow and it could change. Uh, my main reason for picking this one is because with artists, even if I love you, there's a possibility I could still change the channel according to what song comes on. Okay. Um, station, channel. I may be like, okay, I love you a lot, but I can skip past this and go to another song. But with him, with this particular song, the minute it drops, I stay on it. I'm not going anywhere. And that would be, can you help me? Yeah. Ah. The minute it comes on, I'm like, nope, I'm not going anywhere. I have Is to that sing. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis? That's you. Yeah, I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> like I wouldn't I wouldn't know um, but yeah like there is no moving and I'm going to sing every single solitary word to the song probably get really emotional in it while I'm listening to it and then have to sit for a minute <laughs> just think about life after it goes off it is not one of those kind of songs like for me I'm like dude it needed to just be the la I don't think it's the last song on the album mm -mm. I'm, no it needed to be the last song because you need it's a moment Jimmy Jam and Terry. it is yep. There we go. Mm -hmm. Well, that that explains. Yes. Jimmy Jam, Terry, <sighs> Babyface. Listen. <laughs> no, it was Ooh. it was toward the end of the album though. Okay. Yeah, that's what yeah. I figured. I figured it was toward the end. But the interlude. But, before, I'm sorry. I'm, you need I'm a sorry. moment. Yes. Yes. The interlude before that. Song, Absolutely. Into the Absolutely. The way that it drops after that interlude. Listen. Listen. Ugh. I try to tell people. With all due respect to those of you who love Confessions, 8701 is a classic. It really is. I love that album so much. Mm -hmm. And there are people who live and die by Confessions. I'm not that guy. I'm not either. Listen. <laughs> nah. But yeah. So, okay. With that being said, I have some changes I want to make kind of on the fly. I want to see if, how you feel about it. Um, I actually had a rundown <laughs> of some of the people for the NAACP awards. Like I was gonna name off some of the winners. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like doing that anymore. Okay, I'm cool with it. Um, I'm just gonna say congratulations to all the winners and yes. nominees. To everyone in the room. Absolutely, absolutely. Black love and black celebration yes. of excellence and just black in general is phenomenal. Um, we celebrate all of you. Uh, and also when it comes to our conversation about Zaya Wade and transphobia, I figure maybe we should let that go for Culture of Pop and talk about that during Fuck Tolerance. Absolutely, I'm, I'm cool with that. Okay, yes, yes, agreeance. <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said, we are all done with Culture of Pop and we, we will see you guys on the other side for the topic for this episode.
So for this episode, we're talking about tolerance. Um, I've wanted to talk about this for probably since the beginning of the podcast. Uh, the way that I feel now is the way that I felt for some years when it comes to the topic. So I'll talk a little and then I'll invite uh, Mike to join in on the conversation as well. Because I feel like people have been showing their ass a lot lately. Now, people are always showing their ass. You know, there's homophobia, homophobia, transphobia all the damn time. It's just in the media. It's like, wow, seriously, 2020, we're going to act like this? Uh, for those who may not be aware, we're not going to spend too much time on it because we're not really trying to give her too much attention on this particular podcast. But uh, Wendy Williams and her feeling the need to share with queer people how she's tired of them feeling like they can take all the things that belong to women and that we need to stay away from their heels and dresses and we'll never understand their journey and what it is that they go through. Um, I've never necessarily cared for her myself, so uh, nothing changed as far as me, but there were some people who were quite shocked. I do not know why, um, but that was one instance of... Uh, needing to understand the importance of not allowing people to tolerate you because she is absolutely one of those people. Uh, and then there's a much longer conversation and that's where I would like to bring <clears throat> I would like to bring Mike in, which is the conversation of Zia Wade, a daughter to Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union. And for the majority of the misfits who are listening to this podcast, I'm fairly certain you know what's been going on with 12-year-old Zaya. However, just a quick little bit of information. She recently shared with uh, her parents, or she could have shared some time ago, but they choose now to inform us, as they should, um, that, uh, you know, because of course with family, you take as much time as you need. It's really none of our business. Um, but thankfully, you know, they decided to share because I think it's going to help a lot of people. Anyway, um, over the last month, they've informed everyone that Zaya has come to them and shared with them that she believes that she is transgender. Now, the anatomy that she was born with was that of uh, a male, and her name was at the time Zion. However, she made the choice that she, well, excuse me, not she's made a choice. She liberated herself into being able to share with everyone, you know, that her name is Zaya and her pronouns are her, she. And uh, it's become this big conversation about whether or not, because I, I had a conversation with, and I won't share their name, I won't share exactly who they are to me, but uh, a friend. I had a conversation with a friend this past week who came in love. So I want to make that very clear now. I'm a cis hetero person who came to me in love. And they were asking how I felt uh, about the whole situation with Zaya. And I had to stop them because they started saying, you know, I heard that her parents are trying to have the um, gender reassignment surgery. And I stopped them. And I was like, none of us have heard that. That is not something that has been in the news unless it's been made up by people. Dwayne nor Gabrielle have said anything about gender reassignment surgery. So I need people to kind of cut that out because people are finding reasons to be mad at this point. Uh, so I think that that's very dangerous. And before I bring Mike in, I just want to read two really quick quotes before we touch on everything that I've been talking about. The first quote came the day that they actually shared the news from Zaya. And Gabrielle had posted a video of Zaya and Dwayne Wade in a golf cart. And Zaya dropped some knowledge in that cart, boy. Um, but Gabrielle said, meet Zaya. 
She's compassionate, loving, whip smart, and we are so proud of her. It's okay to listen to, love, and respect your children exactly as they are. Love and light, good people. Followed by something that I pulled up that I wanted to read to all of you. As far as what Dwayne said when Zaya came to him. And Zaya said that, wait a minute, that she... She's the okay. She's the one who sat down with us, which was important because a lot of people have been saying that they've tried to put it on her. But Zaya came to them herself and had this conversation. Uh, she said, "I don't think I'm gay," and she went down the list and said, "This is how I identify myself. This is my gender identity. I identify myself as a young lady. I think I'm straight trans because I like boys." Which is a mind fuck to a lot of people, and I'll bring um, Mike into the conversation now. So that's a mind fuck not only to a lot of cis hetero people. But to cis homosexual people as well. Uh, and across the board, you know, I, I'm fairly certain there may even be some trans people who don't necessarily know the right words to use for that. So that's one of the things I'm most impressed with. Because when I share with people that you can be trans and be straight, it blows their mind. Mm-hmm. They have no idea how to wrap their head around that, you know, and none of us just knew this. You know, we all had to edge those of us who do know had to educate ourselves. Right. And that is a big part of the conversation we've been having with people is the importance of educating because mm-hmm. we're not sitting here saying we always have the answers. But in order to be able to learn the proper respect for our trans brothers and sisters and non-binary, we educated ourselves. You feel me? Absolutely. And. <clears throat> and for me, um, I've always um, kind of kind of been transparent in my own journey of understanding as well, um, educating myself and never stop educating myself and asking questions um, and wanting to know as respectfully as possible what what that means to the transgender community and giving people proper respect um and and i'm very i'm very cautious and i'm very slow with my words as i feel like i should be about something that i don't have a good grasp on yeah because even for me as um as a as a black gay man of understanding that journey and that walk Mm -hmm. I, i don't I don't know what that feels like and what that looks like. But what I do know is that at the core of this, we have a loving set of parents who are respecting their child and loving them. Yeah. And, and, and as you said earlier of dealing with it within their family as they should have Mm -hmm. and, bringing that to us and just dropping it off and saying hey yeah this is what it is this is what you will call my child from now on out this is what our family is doing Mm -hmm. and and showing us what that looks like that and this has been so hard for me to talk because it does bring up a lot of trauma Mm -hmm. and a lot of pain for me of my childhood yeah 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 and um and so I've I've stayed away from this topic a lot, and I've seen a lot of the the foolishness and the opinions flying back and forth on this good internet. <laughs> and it's just I really had to do a break from it. The yeah, only yeah, thing yeah. that I know I posted about it um, was kind of um, in reference to parenting for people. Yeah, um, because I think it 
for me, as I said, it triggered a lot of me in, in my past and I'm bringing up things of my own journey and my own story um, as, as they're sharing with us. But it's, it's powerful. I think it, it is still one of those things that me and is, as, a, as an elder in this community now, yeah. <laughs> as I feel, even, <laughs> even, being, even being so young, but as an elder to her, um, of still like the babies teach us. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. My, the babies continue to blow my mind. They continue to teach me and transform my opinions and give a fresh perspective and just a a beautiful way to look at things. And I I just wish her the best. Absolutely. Um on her journey. It that's really kind of the end all and be all of like when people bring it to me because everybody doesn't deserve my story. Mhm. Everybody doesn't deserve my time, mm-hmm. my energy, and I questions people. I question people's intentions sometimes when it comes to this because are you looking for me to agree with you? Yeah. Um and when it comes to the entire conversation about tolerance, it's so much of this I don't agree with it. But the Bible says love the person and hate the sin and all of these things that it's like, no, I don't want you to give me this backhanded bullshit. Right. Like, no, just say that you hate me to my face. Yeah. Don't try to disguise it and in, in hide behind this wall of cultural value, of mm-hmm. religion, of all of these things and our respect to whatever um, religion that you ascribe to or none at all. Yeah. I respect it all. But a lot of the things that I've been seeing, I just don't want to let that get into my spirit. Absolutely. And I just will not stand. And I've been correcting people on that. Of mm-hmm. like, no, you, I'm sorry. Just say that you hate. Just say that you hate her. Yeah. Because that doesn't fly with me. I'm sorry. Yeah. You you will not. It's, it's you, you almost, won't. not almost, it is. It's more offensive that you attempt to, like you said, you know, these kind of backhanded things that you say. It's almost more offensive that you're you're clearly insulting the intelligence of others yes. when you know you don't feel positively about this. But you're making it, as you said, you know, using mm-hmm. your faith, your religion to kind of bypass things. And that's why I talk about the importance of pushing back. And not just against people who, you know, blatantly or kind of, you know, in a... Uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, Passive aggressive Mm -hmm. kind of way. Mm -hmm. But also I want to speak to those who consider themselves to truly be allies as well. Oh, wow. Uh, Because there are people who will say, you know, that they, they, we -hmm. need to practice tolerance. They won't themselves say I tolerate, but they'll say you need to learn how to, like I love, Mm -hmm. NDIRE is one of the people who would have been on my list. Absolutely. And one of the songs I love the most by by her is called One. Mm -hmm. And I listen to that song. I love it. Love it so, so much. But on the song, she mentions tolerance. And it makes my skin crawl every time, even though I love the song tremendously. Because I know she's coming from a good place. But even with those who are coming from a good place who are allies, we have to make them aware that that is a dangerous word to use. Mm -hmm. Because you're not supposed to be tolerating me, you know. When I was initially having this conversation with Mike Misfits, I was sharing with him that one of the dangers of that is that we are equating a person's entire life 
to simple things day to day, you know. I tolerate that you don't always clean all of your pots and pans that are in the sink. Mm-hmm. I tolerate that you sometimes leave the toilet seat up, you know. I tolerate that when you come to sleep at night, you don't always turn off the lights in the living room. These are things I tolerate. Mm-hmm. I am not going to sit here and say that I tolerate your existence, mm. you know. You are a, a trans woman who is in love with a cisgender man, and that's okay. I mm-hmm. tolerate it, you know. Bitch, first of all, whoever asked you, <laughs> that, that's Hello? first. Hello. <laughs> you're, 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 you're sharing with me that you yes. tolerate me. I never asked for for that from you, mm-hmm. you know. And that's where the, the start of the offense begins because it's you're acting like you're an authority in some way, you know. Mm-hmm. For me, that's the height of your privilege. Oh, yes. You coming to me and letting me know it's okay, your life mm-hmm. is perfectly fine. I told you so. Mm-hmm. Now that I told you that it's okay. And you can exist in my world. You can exist in my world now. Look at that. No. Yes. no. And I think that's a very important conversation as well, too, because like I say, for me, I've used this as a moment for me to check myself and go inward with myself. Because um, like I say, even for me of, of being very steadfast and black gay and I'm, I'm black and I'm getting and this is where I stand and being able to call myself an ally to my trans brothers and sisters, right. I have to also check my privilege at the door. Absolutely. You know, because yeah, me too. even even as I feel that I'm a black gay man, I've heard so many times that even, and I hate this, but it's like even beneath the wrong of being a black gay man, you know, are our, our trans brothers and sisters. You know, and one of the... One of the things the universe has brought to me is I'm working um, on a project. I can't talk much about it, but I'm working on a project with a black trans woman. Yeah. And we had a table read. And, I mean, we got through the, the table read in maybe about like 30 minutes. Right. Knocked it out. But we sat there and had a conversation about an hour or so afterward just being educated on her story and her life and her day-to-day experience. Yeah. Um, because she, as a black trans woman primarily dates cis heterosexual black men yeah yeah and so at the same point i'm a black trans woman but i date cis heterosexual men yes and i consider myself as straight yes and so even being educated on those things the language right of um not saying a real woman yeah yeah like how offensive those things are i myself have to check check myself yeah and what i allow what comes in my space if i see transphobia if i hear someone misgendering someone uh-huh. of stepping in and being that ally that i that i say that i am because that's the test yeah. for me is when i see it i hear it that it's directly in my face do i look away yeah do i walk away you know or do i stand up for my trans brother and sister. And like I say, it, it's just been a conversation that to me, I know I know it's hard for me because like I say, I go back to that time of when I was 12 years old. Yeah. In my life of coming to this realization that maybe I do like boys at the time. It's boys. I do <laughs> I do not like boys. Right. Um, <laughs> but you know, at that time in my life of being 12 and in Feeling so sure mm-hmm. and feeling so comfortable and knowing what it was. Yeah. And this is what this is for me. Yeah. And I think 
We said this. I mean, I said, I'm sorry. I said this to you um, the other night at dinner where we were saying, like, I think as adults, we forget what it was like being 12 years old. Absolutely. We all of a sudden have all of this knowledge as we should as adults, and we can't take ourselves back there when we were 12. Yeah. And we felt this way about, you know, this person in class. I was looking at him or I was looking at her, and I felt something. Absolutely. And that felt natural to me. And I didn't question that. And I didn't... I... I, it felt so good in my own skin, and then I took it to the world. Yeah, and that's where you brought in too is that they now had to armor her. Yes, and that broke me. Like that did something to me because I felt like how how sad it is that we have to now armor our children to go out into the world, and I can only imagine like the. The, the love that is in the home and then having to come out and come into the world, as you said, and go to school. And it's like, what are those conversations going to be like? Yeah. What are the what are the children going to be like? What are their parents telling them about the situation? Yeah. It just it brings it brings so much to me. And it just really it it it's it it makes me emotional. I, I yeah. Yeah. It it. From thinking about it from the point of view of, I guess, like, like what you were saying as far as 12 years old, when I think about that, because I sat there thinking to myself, and I said, you know, the thing that's interesting to me is that when I was 14 years old going to performance art school, I had finally met a boy who wasn't ashamed of who he was. Mm-hmm. And it caught me off guard because I already knew who I was mm-hmm. at 14. I was good at 12. So when I hear these stories about Zaya and how people think that her parents are putting this on her, I'm like, but when I was 12 years old, I was very clear that I like dudes. Mm -hmm. I was clear about that before I was 12, you know? Mm -hmm. Now, it wasn't until junior year that I decided I no longer wanted to be with women, well, girls, but I was very clear that I always liked boys. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing that's so interesting. You know, people, you're experimenting if you're a cisgender boy who likes other cisgender boys, mm-hmm. you know, but it's phase. not, it's, it's only phase. a phase if that's mm-hmm. the case, but it's not a phase when it comes to girls. No, no, that's what it was for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I enjoyed girls for a while. And then after a while I was like, no, but this doesn't feel as natural as the other one does. Mm-hmm. So when people make these comments, I'm like 12, 14, I was very clear mm-hmm. at 14. It was an exhale for me to finally meet a guy who wasn't ashamed. I was like, dude, it's been a couple years now, that I, and I got yeah. tired of the fact that everybody's like, you better not tell anybody, and oh that's what I'm God. saying. Yes. I was at 12 years old dealing with boys who was like, you better not tell anybody. So I'm like, for you to be saying that she doesn't know that kind of stuff about herself yeah. now, like you said, you're truly taking, you're forgetting mm-hmm. what your experiences were like at that age. Kids are far more intelligent than we give them credit for. Willful ignorance. Yes. Willful ignorance. Yes. Because a lot of those people, too, that I've encountered that have said that like you're she's too young to know how does she know this is such a permanent decision in life and i always ask them well when did you know look at it come on well when was the opportune time where you chose yes and you woke up and made this decision that, yes that people feel like members of the the community like we just wake up and we make yes you know these things and i it's what you're being willfully ignorant yeah. to me it just I put yeah. that as a Facebook post a couple of days ago because this whole situation has had me going off on Facebook. Oh, I've seen some of them, <laughs> and I had to say that 
once again to protect my spirit that I'm like, oh, <laughs> X. No offense, but but yeah, yeah. I um I've been posting like crazy because. I had made a decision last year that I was going to stop engaging in these kinds of conversations on mm-hmm. social media. Um, was hardly getting on Facebook the way that I used to. But when situations like this happen, I believe very much that I have to use my voice to speak up for people. Mm-hmm. So I was, and I mean, and I'm, I I'm thankful. What'd you say? I applaud that. Oh, I really thank do. you. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a lot of people DMing me. Well, some of the sweetest compliments. Some I'm just like, I don't even know what to do with this. I'm at a loss for words. But mm-hmm. if you're listening, I'm I'm still very grateful for you. But I one of the things I said is that if you are a cis hetero man or woman and you knew at eight years old that you were a boy or a girl or that you were into boys or girls, mm-hmm. why is it that a 12-year-old can't say, I'm a girl mm-hmm. and have that questioned? Mm-hmm. You knew you were a boy and you were perfectly fine with that at eight. Mm-hmm. But at 12, for some reason, that's wrong because you feel like you don't like it. Mm-hmm. And I've been talking a lot about over the last year what I call evolution of thought mm-hmm. and how that is how all of us should operate. You know, we shouldn't be in this this antiquated space that we exist in where we're just like, this is what I was taught because let's be honest, you didn't educate yourself. Mm-hmm. This is my this is the way that I was taught and I'm OK with it. I have absolutely no desire to raise what it is that I should know because it's worked for me all this time. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is that you've told me about the world, I'm good. Uh-huh. And you, I put up a post earlier this morning that was more from a loving space. Um, all of it is always from love, but it's more so letting I was letting people know that, you know, kind of talking about the other side, not just the dangers of ignorance, but letting people know that I love them past that uh-huh. because there are some of us who wake up every day making the choice, let me see what new ways I can challenge myself. Mm-hmm. Let me see what new ways I can open up my mind to the world. Where there are others who are fearful. And that fear comes from trauma, you know, mm-hmm. pain, which creates ignorance. Mm-hmm. And you say to yourself that I don't want to grow anymore because there is something that stymied me in a certain place where I can't get out of there. Yeah. So I'm good here. Yeah. You know, not really understanding because the, the, the fear of these people, the truth is that a lot of these people probably aren't bad people. We have a lot of people in our lives who we find out are very mm-hmm. ignorant in some things, but in every other aspect seem to be very sweet people. But there is a fear of what it is that you don't know. Mm-hmm. The problem comes in you being unwilling to move, mm-hmm. you know? And so you start making up stuff in your head, like this whole agenda thing, <laughs> which is so sad to me because, and you know, I've had this conversation with quite a few of my cis-hetero friends where I'm like, you do understand that your agenda has been going strong since we were first born. There is a very clear agenda to make it that everyone needs to walk in lockstep being exactly like you. All we've ever seen are men and women kissing. <laughs> oh my God. So, so how is yes. it you say that we have the agenda <laughs> when all our lives, all we've seen is being constantly forced and pushed on by what it is that you believe in? So how is it we have the agenda? We are them in yeah. the minority. Like, I, I missed the invite in the mail for the gay agenda. Yes, I missed it. I missed it. But, <laughs> but that's a very important point before I want to uh, say something else. But that is, that's a very important point because I I had to remove someone from my, my page because I saw a post about that, about there's this agenda about we want to emasculate um, the black man yeah. by... Um, 
making them uh, transgender or believe in their women or allowing them to do all of these things. And I had to remove someone from my page about that because I'm like, no, I, I don't know what agenda that you speak about. And it just... I didn't want to engage in those conversations because I didn't want to open that dialogue because I know what that means for me about bringing up my past trauma. Yeah. And I just simply removed them because I'm like, I missed the invite in the mail. Right. <laughs> I missed that invite about it when it has been time after time, time after time is that this is what is acceptable. These are societal values. These are Christian values or what everybody says is okay. And one of the key things that... I feel that people have missed in this conversation is the difference between gender yes. and sexuality. Come on. Come on. And I think people are once again willfully ignorant and they just can't take that time to type into the good Google <laughs> and find a reputable source. Come on. Reputable. Pope, say it. Google Scholar. Um, there's plenty of information out there about gender and sexuality. Yeah. And as you said earlier, I think that's why it's been such a mindfuck for people about, well, how can you be straight? Right. But it's like there is a separation between those two. Absolutely. And I think that is a key component that has been missing from these conversations. And people don't want to. Yeah. To have that. And then I would say the piece for me about tolerance, too, is just that still is with people that I, I, I try to say that move move past the way that you feel to be able to open your ears, yeah, your mind and your heart to someone else's experience. Yeah. Because it's not always about us. Yeah. Even in my own journey, in my own walk of life of experience everything that I have, I had to open my heart, my mind to another person's experience and listen while she told me her story and her experience and not say, oh, no, but this is this is not what it is for you, that you shouldn't feel that way. And a lot of people are doing that. It just it's a lot. It's just been a lot for me that that I've been taking that on. So I would just say people <laughs> because for me, I also had to go look it up and I cannot give it to you. The difference between gender and sexuality without yeah. referencing the material. Right. But it was something that I hadn't thought about until it came to my conscious as well. And I was like, okay, we need to talk about this when talking about um, Zaya as well. Absolutely. And, and I think that's one of the things that has disturbed me the most is that people continue to mix the two. You know, there were a lot of people who were in up in arms about Zaya because they're like, how do you, you know, make a decision about who it is that she's going to have sex with and all this stuff. And we're like, where? What? Why are you <laughs> so interested in what a 12 year old is doing with their listen, genitals? Listen, I was like, she she is stating that she's a girl. That's it. For whatever reason, you decide that you're going to take this far beyond what it is that mm -hmm. she's saying into something much deeper. But it's very disturbing on your end, not on those who agree with her. It's disturbing on your end that you're making this sexual. Mm -hmm. That's a problem, mm -hmm. you know. And the reason why it is so problematic to me is because, and we all come from different places, you know. Mm -hmm. So news and the way that it travels or the people and the conversations that you can have will differ according to where you are in the country. But in 2020, you have had access, mm -hmm. you know. And that's when it goes into what you said about being willfully ignorant. There are conversations that I have with um, cisgendered homosexual people who are not 
familiar when it comes to certain trans things. Mm -hmm. There are conversations that I have with cisgender heterosexual people who aren't familiar when it comes to queer things. Mm -hmm. And but my thing is, is that you should be the minority. I shouldn't come across so many people online who are just growing up in major urban cities. My thing is, is that you choose not to educate yourself yeah. because you're in the kind of environment where you could easily learn if you wanted to. You and could. like you said, the, the good Google is everywhere. You make a choice to be ignorant yes. because you could be mad right now. You could say, I don't understand this and I'm pissed off about it. You know what? Let me go on Google. Let me figure this shit out for myself by going to, what did you say earlier? Reputable sources. Listen, this journalist get pissed off with this shit. <laughs> because like, it is not my job to be the representative of this community. Listen. It is not my responsibility to answer your motherfucking questions. Yeah. Because you need to be able to find these things on your own. I have no issue when you're coming in love and you're asking these questions. Yeah, yeah, and I've yeah. got no issue as well by saying, I don't know. No, yep. I don't know the answer to that. Yep. So how about we find out together? Together. Say that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but that's why, you know, and I know this is specifically when it comes to, uh, you know, what we're talking about as far as queerness and transness and everything right now. But I mean, in general, when it comes to people's lives and the, the mm -hmm. conversation about tolerance. I think we need to be careful with that because it it is something that diminishes a person mm -hmm. by telling them that you are tolerant of them. How would you feel as a black person if a white person told you, you know, well, I'm not necessarily sure about the rights and stuff that you should ha you should have in this country. That's a conversation for us to have at a later date. But just know that I can tolerate you, mm -hmm. you know. Oh, well, wh wh why, mm -hmm. why thank you, Massa. Like, mm -hmm. really? Well, thank you. Because wow. you know, I'm, I'm here. I exist. Thank you. That is yeah. wild to me. But it also, now that we're talking about this, but it also makes me think about the episode um, with Noah's Ark. Mm -hmm. I'm a Noah's Ark stand if you haven't figured it out. <laughs> but um, I'm a, I'm, I remember on the episode when um, Chance and Eddie were getting married. Yeah. And they wanted to get married in his home church. Yeah. And they were like, well, you can get... They originally wanted to be married in the sanctuary. Mm -hmm. and, um, oh, I remember that episode. They wanted to be married in the, the, the main chapel, the sanctuary. Yeah. And they had to go before the board and all of this and review it. Yeah. And then they made the decision that we can't let you get married in the main sanctuary. We'll let you get married in the reception hall. Right. <laughs> away from away from the, the other fine folks. <laughs> and Chance said, you know, I don't want to go to a place where I'm tolerated. Right. I want to go to a place where I'm celebrated. Come on. And it just it just made me hark back on that. And and I feel I feel I feel that way in that moment where he's saying that no, I don't just want to be able to be married because you said I can get married right. here in the church reception hall. Yeah. I want to go to a place that celebrates and affirms my love and who I am. And that this is no less than any other than form, any other other form that's out there. Oh my God! I just I remember that. There and, we go. And huh, there we go. We've it, come a long way in gay marriage, right? <laughs> just a little. We, I'm sorry. We've come a little ways. Yeah. In terms right. of gay marriage. <laughs> yes. I would um I would challenge those who are listening, just in general, because all of us in different areas of life have privilege. You know. Mm -hmm. I would challenge for those misfits who are listening, and it, please, by all means, share this with those that you love, shows with you, those that you like, um, those that you may not like, share this with all of them, that we should work on not believing that we are greater than. 
Mm. Because in some way, shape, or form, we've all been there at some point. Yes. You know, even if it was something in our subconscious, things we that were whispering to us that we didn't want to admit ourselves, mm. we believed that we were greater than at some point. And across the board, when it comes to political views, religious views, and all types of ways, because if we're, you know, speaking up, uh, uh, uncomfortable truths, we, we often, you know, because I would assume that both of us are quote unquote liberal, um, a lot of people on our end often make a lot of disparaging comments about those who are more conservative. And mm-hmm. we just have to be honest about that. Mm-hmm. The fact that there are a lot of really nasty things they say on their side, but it's not like a lot of us are much better when it comes to the things we say about them. On both sides, people believe they're greater. Instead of just being like, you know what? Let's try to find some things in common. And all this disagreement... Let's try to find some things that we agree on and see how we can go from there and actually mean it. Because, you know, poli- politicians be lying their ass off. Um, some of y'all be lying your ass off. Too. Listen, <laughs> I can't deal with you. <laughs> but I would say that to our cis hetero brothers and sisters and non-binaries, because there are those of you out there who non-binary and just don't realize it. But um, also in the queer community and the trans community, for those who are non-binary and realize it, I would just challenge all of you to pay attention to your your moments where you feel as though you're greater than and just attempt as best as you can because we're all on a different you know, on a scale when it comes to empathy um, but to empathize as best as you can with another person's journey i think that it would make a huge difference in this world i know for me it has helped in conversations with people i that i've had who are more ignorant to certain things when it comes to how I live and how others live. When I look at them and understand what it is that they don't know, mm-hmm. and that, as you said, they're coming from a place of love and they just want to understand. Now, it'll be different according to who you talk to. I've talked to some people who, you know, attempt to buck back kind of like, okay, I heard what you said, but I still, then I have other people that are like, wow, thank you for telling me because I just wanted to be where you are. And now that you've shared that on that conversation, your, what your knowledge from your point of view, I feel changed. It'll differ all according to who you talk to, but with each of them, if you walk away, even if it's some frustration and anger, don't keep that weight on you. Mm. Because a lot of us That's in the important. community do that. That's important. Yeah. yeah. We keep that weight on us after we leave. <laughs> and we carry that into other conversations that we ha- that you have when each person will differ. And what I appreciate about your honesty is that you said I was in a certain place, you know, and that I had to go and educate myself. So even those of us who are in the community are still learning. There are trans people who are still learning. You feel me? Absolutely. So if, if at the very root of things, there are people who are still coming out and growing, mm-hmm. then you need to understand that you have to do the exact same work. There are people in the community that you are attacking who aren't completely aware. And if I can tell a, a quick story real quick, and I'm, I believe I may have said this on the podcast before. I have a young adult who's on campus. I said real quick twice. Um, anyway, I have a young adult who's on campus who I have I did my best to pour into her. She's trans to pour into her and to let her know you are a woman. You say that you are a woman, so live by that. And she will argue against me. Well, not, you know, like argue, but she'll kind of come back at me and say, but these people are older. So I kind of just leave it alone when they say that I'm a boy because they don't know any better. And I tell her that's bullshit Mm. because I tell her they could be 80 years old and that still doesn't take away respect. They need to show up for you the way that they would show up for anybody else. And the most important thing, the most important, it's, it's so simple, Mike, it's so simple. I told you who I am. Go by that. Yes. Plain and simple. Mike just told you that he is a cis homosexual man. His pronouns are he and him. That's it. 
What's your buck back for? What's your telling me that I don't agree with this and I don't? No one asked what you feel. I told you who I am. <laughs> End of discussion. Period. I don't get why that's complicated to people. I don't. I don't understand either. And that's why I say it's misgendering people. Willfully ignorant. Yeah. Misgendering people. Because you think it's funny that it's going to be any of those things. Yeah. And it does require that self-inventory. And I, do, like I say, for me, I have to check myself mm-hmm. and realize where I've come from and what what has happened to me in the past and, and hold my feet to the fire. And that's another thing, um, too, with, uh, uh, with Dwayne and Gabrielle, that I'm just so amazed at their conversation is that we don't have all the answers. Yeah. And we ourselves as parents are learning every day that we are open to learning. We're taking this journey as a family. Yep. Yep. As a family. That this is not her going to be isolated from her brothers. Yeah. That we are doing this as a family and holding that glue together and keeping it. And I appreciate them and send them the most highest form of love and respect and of them for sharing this with us because they didn't have to. Yeah. And so often in the black community that we do, we're going to sweep it around. Right. Sweep it under the rug. And mm-hmm. when people come over to the house or to the family reunion, we just <laughs> we just go, you know, not talk about it. But yeah. I appreciate that of breaking within their family that that silence because we didn't need to know absolutely this was none of our this business. was none of our business this was yeah. none of our business yeah. at all but i i appreciate them and i thank them for inviting us on the journey absolutely absolutely and and the last thing i'll say is that i commend them for making that decision because as you said they didn't have to it was not our business to know and but i appreciate it because Dwayne wade called zaya a leader And there were a lot of people who came out against that, even some who you would assume were, quote unquote, on our side, saying that they don't believe that that was proper for them to put that weight on her. But my thing is, is that in that instance, he was letting it be known that in this moment, because you in that cart, she was speaking for herself. No one was telling her to do that. You know, Mm -hmm. this whole thing, she she was it was very powerful powerful what she said. And that right there was her being able to save somebody else's life. Somebody who was her age could watch that video and be like, I feel seen because of what it is that she just said. You hear me? I can't. (laughs) Oh, I'm about to hug you. (laughs) That that is. um, That. Oh, yeah. You got me crying on the podcast. (laughs) Um, It is. It is because there are other children. Yeah. There are other children that are carrying that weight, and that's heavier. Yes. That is heavier than the weight that the word leader is is putting on her. Absolutely. But I do. I think about I think about those. I think about the babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh Yeah. Yeah. I think about the babies that that don't have that space to, to be their authentic self. And what what that feels like. Yeah. So I would implore all of you who are listening to be careful with your words and actions. I would implore you to be careful when using the word tolerate because there are little ones out here who need to be seen so deeply. And that's all. All they need is to be seen and to feel loved. And that's not asking for a lot. So while you battle with whatever it is that you're enduring, 
I ask that you please create space of love and light for those who just want to be exactly who they are. They're not asking for your opinion. They're just asking for your respect. And that's it for this part of the conversation. So we'll be back, misfits, with good news. One of the most important things I was taught when uh, going through my training to become certified as a life coach was understanding that as life coaches, we can provide people with a lot of the important tools when it comes to their mental health. However, at day's end, according to how deeply the issues may be when it comes to one's mental health, we need to be prepared to make that phone call to a licensed mental health professional. And with that being said, I'd like to let all of you misfits out there know that while I'm providing you with tools uh, as we continue this series on anxiety, please be aware of the importance of therapy and seeking a licensed therapist. Uh, I am very grateful for all of my clients that I have, but I make all of them aware at the beginning of their very first session with me that you are only able to go on your journey with me but so far. At a certain point, if you feel as though it kind of is a little heavier than the work that we do together, then it's time for you to seek a licensed therapist. Can't stress that enough. So this week, we're going to focus on generalized anxiety disorder. It's possible to develop generalized anxiety disorder as a child or as an adult. Generalized anxiety disorder has symptoms that are similar to panic disorder, obsessive-compulsive disorder, and other types of anxiety, but they're all different conditions. Living with generalized anxiety disorder can be a long-term challenge. In many cases, it occurs along with other anxiety or mood disorders. In most cases, generalized anxiety disorder improves with psychotherapy or medications, making lifestyle changes, learning coping skills, and using relaxation techniques can also help. Now let's get into the symptoms. Generalized anxiety disorder symptoms can vary, and they may include persistent worrying or anxiety about a number of areas that are out of proportion to the impact of events. Overthinking plans and solutions to all possible worst-case outcomes. Perceiving situations and events as threatening, even when they aren't. Difficulty handling uncertainty. Indecisiveness and fear of making the wrong decision. Inability to set aside or let go of worry. Inability to relax, feeling restless and feeling on edge. Difficulty concentrating or feeling that your mind is going blank. Now, physical signs and symptoms may include fatigue, trouble sleeping, muscle tension and aches, trembling and twitching, nervousness or being easily startled, sweating, nausea and diarrhea, and being irritable. There may be times when your worries don't completely consume you, but you still feel anxious even when there's no apparent reason. For example, you may feel intense worry about your safety or that of a loved one, or you may have a general sense that something bad is about to happen. Your anxiety Worry or physical symptoms can cause you significant distress in social, work, or other areas of life. Worries can shift from one concern to another and may change with time and age. 
Now, symptoms in children and teenagers. Children and teenagers may have similar worries to adults, but also may have excessive worries about performance at school or sporting events. Family members' safety. Punctuality. Earthquakes or other catastrophic events. A child or teen with excessive worry may feel overly anxious to fit in. Be a perfectionist. Redo tasks because they aren't perfect at times. Spend excessive time doing homework. Lack confidence. Strive for approval. Require a lot of reassurance about performance. Have frequent stomach aches or other physical complaints. Avoid going to school or other social situations. Now, when should you see a doctor? Some anxiety is normal. However, you should see a doctor if you feel like you're worrying too much and it's interfering with your work. Relationships or other parts of your life are affected as well. If you feel depressed or irritable, if you have trouble drinking or taking drugs, or you have other mental health concerns to go along with your anxiety, if you have suicidal thoughts or behaviors, in these instances you should seek emergency treatment immediately. Your worries are unlikely to simply go away on their own, and they may actually get worse over time. So you should do your best to seek treatment as soon as possible before your anxiety becomes more severe, because it's easier to treat if it's early. Now with that, let's get into the causes. As with many mental health conditions, the cause of generalized anxiety disorder likely arises from a complex interaction of biological and environmental factors, which may include differences in brain chemistry and function, genetics, differences in the way threats are perceived, development and personality. Risk factors. Women are diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder somewhat more often than men are. The following factors may increase the risk of developing generalized anxiety disorder. Personality. A person whose temperament is timid or negative or who avoids anything dangerous may be more prone to generalized anxiety disorder than others. Genetics. Generalized anxiety disorder may run in families. Experiences. People with generalized anxiety disorder may have a history of significant life changes, traumatic or negative experiences during childhood, or a recent traumatic or negative event. Chronic medical illnesses or other mental health disorders may increase risk. Now, complications. Having generalized anxiety disorder can be disabling. It can impair your ability to perform tasks quickly and efficiently because you have trouble concentrating. Take your time and focus for other activities. Sap your energy. Increase your risk of depression. GAD can also lead to or worsen other physical health conditions such as digestive or bowel problems such as irritable bowel syndrome or ulcers, headaches and migraines, chronic pain and illness, sleep problems and insomnia, heart health issues. GAD often occurs along with other mental health problems, which can make diagnosis and treatment more challenging. Some mental health disorders that commonly occur with GAD include phobias, panic disorder, PTSD, and OCD. 
And lastly, let's talk about prevention. There is no way to predict for certain what will cause someone to develop GAD, but you can take steps to reduce the impact of symptoms if you experience anxiety by getting up early. Anxiety, like many other mental health conditions, can be harder to treat if you wait. That goes back to what we said earlier about the importance of making sure that you seek treatment early. Keep a journal. Keeping track of your personal life can help you and your mental health professional identify what's causing your stress and what seems to help you feel better. Prioritize issues in your life. You can reduce anxiety by carefully managing your time and energy. Avoid unhealthy substance use. Alcohol and drug use and even nicotine or caffeine use can cause or worsen anxiety. If you are addicted to any of these substances, quitting can make you anxious. If you can't quit on your own, see your doctor or find find a treatment program or support group for help. As stated at the beginning of this segment, a lot of my clients who come to me have issues with anxiety, and we work on it together as best as possible. However, I am not in a position to prescribe anything. So I'm only able to go but so far in this journey of mental health. There is no shame in seeking help from a therapist. They're an awesome partner for we as life coaches to have. So be mindful of that. As I say often on THS, therapy is greatly important. Not only for those of us who aren't therapists, but therapists as well. Therapists, seek therapists. (laughs) Your mental health is of great great importance. And as someone who is becoming more and more aware of my own journey when it comes to anxiety, I understand the importance of seeking someone outside of yourself. So I implore you, misfits, to please do so. We'll continue with this journey of anxiety as the episodes go along. And now, it's time for good news. And now it is time for good news. You know what? I can honestly say we're not even done recording. And I still have like two other segments that I have to record even when you're not here. (laughs) This is going to be a long ass episode. But I can say I love this episode. This is one of my favorite episodes that we've done of THS. So I want to thank you even before we get to our good news. Thank you. I've really, really enjoyed this episode. I take all of that in. This has been a really great experience. Thank you. Look at us. (laughs) Indeed. But, uh, okay. So, good news. So, um, I'll start. So, my good news this week. Well, one of them is that on campus of my job, uh, myself and another brother who isn't a part of the organization, he came in to be a mentor for one of my kids. And I greatly appreciate that. So, shout out to him. But he and I decided that we wanted to create an LGBTQ safe space for some of our homeless youth. So for some of our kids who are on campus, they're able to be there as well, but we thought it was important that we create a safe space for our kids who are on the street, who come in, you know, just seeking um, a safe space to be able to just be themselves. 
So that has been very important for me. Uh, this coming week will make the third week that we've had everybody gather there. So we let them know what time to come in the afternoon have deep conversations just allowing people to just be themselves you know we don't pry don't get into all that stuff if you're an ally you can sit in there as well we won't ask you if you are if you aren't if you're in the room you're just in the room with us but we do have deep conversations about the importance of being safe you know and in the first uh in our first group we actually allow them to create all of the things that they like to talk about and we have a whole list and we're like over the time that we're together we're going to attempt to tackle as much of this as possible uh, but yeah, that is that is great news. I feel like I should I want to name this se segment great news. <laughs> we have a lot of great news that we talk about on here. Remix. But that made me feel really, really good to be able to do that for our kids. And then the second bit of news, I don't know. I'm starting to have so many spaces in between these episodes. I begin to forget what I say on some of the episodes. Uh, but there is something that I'm working on that's very, very important for the city of Atlanta. I cannot go into detail. Just know that it is a school. And I am honored <laughs> to be one Top of the people secret. who are working on a very important school for Atlanta. And it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling to know that I'm a part of it. It's an even better feeling to be a part of this journey with a good number of people from my past that just all of us just so happen to end up in Atlanta. And for all of us to be working on something that could bring one, so much attention to Atlanta, but also a lot of attention to the specific area that we're working on. And I'll tell you about it offline, but if I haven't already. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm already, I'll be completely transparent as I make sure I always am with you guys, but I'm already exhausted because I know <laughs> the work that's going to go into making this happen. So I'm exhausted already. But when we talk about legacy, this will be a wonderful piece of my legacy to be able to leave. So yes, that is my good news. Yes, come on, legacy. <laughs> um, my great news is Woo! remix the the segment <laughs> title here. Since this is all about music, we must inform the people that Miss Janet Demita Joe Jackson mm -hmm. is going on tour. Are you going on tour? Um, I uh, wanted I'm not on tour. Are you I going knew what to you meant. <laughs> <laughs> You're the only person who I spoke to about the healing it. space. Um, tour. Yes, the healing space yes. tour. Speak it. Speak uh -huh. that. Um, I would I would like to go. I would absolutely like to go. Uh, however, I have been informed that her concerts aren't always the cheapest. So I only have a certain, no matter who I love, it could be Brandy, and I don't go over $100. I just don't. Nope. <laughs> there, There isn't someone who's existing yet that I'm willing to spend that kind of money it's for. It's an so. investment. It is. It abs it absolutely that is. That you are not willing to pay. I'm not there is <laughs> yeah. no, there is no yeah. one that I'm willing it's, to go over a hundred for. It's, it's Unless crazy. let's say, okay, so if it wasn't in Atlanta, let's say that we were traveling now, let's say we traveled to Ghana oh. and Janet was performing in Ghana and we just so happened to be going on vacation at yeah. that time. Yeah, yes. Okay. okay. I would yeah. pay that with no problem whatsoever. Okay. But she's coming to the place I live, like get out my face and I'm paying a hundred dollars. <laughs> I have bills to pay. More than that. <laughs> Uh, yes, more than that. <laughs> so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be in the nosebleeds and paying a hundred dollars. The next area of great news <laughs> is um as I mentioned earlier with kind of narrative project. Now we're doing the uh, uh, revolutionary health and um, it's evolving to me as the host. So yes, I'm stepping into that, owning owning that space. Um, uh, for now. 
And as well, it is Black History Month, so I just wanted Woo, to Woo, Black History! Yes, um, the National Museum of African American Music is opening, I believe, Labor Day 2020 in Nashville, Tennessee, of all places. Mm -hmm. So that's a hop, skip, and a jump, and a cheap air flight away <laughs> from Atlanta. So all of the misfits that are in Atlanta... Um, definitely go check it out. They had an interview recently about it, and I've been a legacy member since um, last year. But it's going to be one of the most comprehensive museums about African-American music, um, starting, of course, with slavery. Um, of course, it starts there because our introduction to this place we call America. Mm -hmm. um, starting there to all the ways that it's um, transformed and and influence genres and all of those things so i felt like that was a very important tie-in with this music episode yeah yeah um how that definitely is um tied into us but other than that the great news is that we are still here absolutely another day to speak. educate ourselves yes to lead with love you know to be good to ourselves yes so that is great news absolutely great come on <laughs> <laughs> this is the remix <laughs> Yes, uh, I hope that all of you who are listening have had a wonderful Black History Month. However, keep in mind that it's not just a month, especially when it comes to us. It mm -hmm. is our lives. Oh, so yeah. live the best black life that you can. Of course, we have listeners who are not black. <laughs> you live your best black life as well. Um, but Ally. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Uh, we hope that you enjoyed our conversation about tolerance. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed this entire episode. It really is one of my faves. Like, I cannot wait to go back and listen to our conversation about Janet. Oh, I'm going to enjoy that so much. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know when the next episode is going to be. You know, I told you all at the beginning of the year, this is the year of healthy selfishness. I stopped stressing myself to make sure that I knock out an episode every week. Now it's like if it's once a month, that's good. I, I just need to make sure I'm happy and uh, hopefully you all are happy with the episodes that you're getting and I think that's all for now thank you so much to Michael Ward for being here once again thank you for having me <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we are counting down to the 100th episode of congratulations. THS this is episode 91 oh congratulations so, that's yeah. awesome we're going to do something sexy for episode 100 so just know I'm gonna be asking you back on the on the show for the 100th episode. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm holding you to that. Listen, listen, because my, my goal, and I'm speaking it, I'm putting it on the podcast, I'm speaking it out, speaking it out into the universe. I want it to be live, mm -hmm. and I want it to be like, like on location somewhere. So it can still be in Atlanta. It can That's definitely happen, but. It can, definitely, mm -hmm. it can definitely happen? It can definitely happen. Okay. You can make that happen. Okay. The Misfits want to see that. The Misfits want to see mm -hmm. Yes. So let's make it happen. <laughs> so let's make it happen. Yes. All right, Misfits, we are gone. You all take care. I love you so much. And until next time, namaste. Namaste.